welcome to the One Wrestling Podcast, your one-stop shop for discussion and reviews about the vast world of professional wrestling. Each week we pick some topics or shows to discuss from whatever promotions we feel like discussing that week. Mostly stick to Pro, but we talk about a little bit of everything. I'm your host, TJ, a.k.a. Aspier, and with me is my co-host, Caitlin. Hi, everybody. Uh, this week is episode 36, and it's going to be a long one because we're talking about <laughs> every fucking tournament that's happening right now. This was a mistake. Yeah, it's, it'll, it's only going to get worse next week, so. But no, I've... I've I've enjoyed all the shows for the most part, so. Yeah. Well, actually, I, I can just say that. I enjoyed all the shows. There's bits and pieces of each one I didn't like. No, I was saying. But, I mean, I think that's each. That's everything, yeah. so. But, I don't know. Good week of wrestling. Uh, hopefully, next week's just as good, because there's a lot more of it. Let's but, hope. But, yeah, we're going to be talking uh, All Japan's Champions Carnival, Knights uh, 3 and 4, Noah N1, Victory uh, Knights 1 and 2, and the... G1 Climax from New Japan, nights one and two. So, two shows from each. Uh, but before we get into any of that, uh, you've been doing anything exciting in the past week? Um, I know you watched the uh, Hiromu video. I haven't got a chance to watch ah! it yet. <laughs> yes, if you haven't seen that video, please go watch that video. That's what I did as soon as I woke up because <laughs> someone had posted it, and I was like, holy shit, I didn't think he was going to post it overnight, but he did. Um Pretty much, probably the highlight of 2020 was just that video alone. It's 12 minutes of him just putting on makeup, and then at the end, yeah, it's it's a it's a really good video. <laughs> um, besides that, though, I caught up in the uh, anime Decadence, which is ending. Oh, God, that's ending in a couple uh, days. Yeah, it's like this week or next week or something. It's this week because, um, let's see. Yeah, I'd watched episode five back at home, and then I just kind of stopped. So, yeah, I caught up to 11. So, yeah, it's ended this week, which is which sucks because it it, it's been really good. Um, trying to think. I don't think I brought up last week. I started another manga series, sort of. I get kind of lazy with reading, so <laughs> uh, we'll see if I'll actually finish this one. It's called um, Gal Gohan. It's, it's um, I don't. Kind of like a romance yeah, it's like, kind of thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's like well, this. It's a slice of life almost. It's like I haven't read it. I'm just going with that. It's kind of like yeah. It's this um girl who's in high school. She's like basically about to graduate and shit. Um, basically falls in love with her cooking teacher. Uh, and like I guess the whole premise is that she's a gyaru. I'm trying to think how to describe that in the best way possible. Cause uh, if you're uh, like a American or like at least Western culture, I guess kind of yeah. it's kind of like a Valley Girl equivalent yeah, for yeah. Japan. It's mostly like they're really tan and they're kind of like she's literally bubblehead. Like, yeah, she's dumped. the epitome of that. So yeah, that's pretty much what a girl is. But um, but yeah, I mean like I haven't read too much. I'm like eleven chapters in, so it's just basically a whole bunch of shenanigans and uh, all that stuff. Uh, still have JoJo. I haven't read that in a little bit, but. I'm at least on part two, so <laughs> that's something. Yeah, but part two is like one of my favorites, honestly, just because. Um, I like it, yeah. Jo- Joseph is like my favorite JoJo, honestly. Yeah. Especially like uh, part two Joseph. I like him in like the other ones too, mm-hmm. but it's really part two because that's the one I where he's important. It, yes. <laughs> uh, I haven't done a whole lot, but I've pretty much just been watching wrestling and uh, watching VTubers because that's kind of uh, what I've decided to get into apparently. Uh, but um, I do think if. I think it's actually good for, like, Japanese study. At least for me, it's helped me a little bit. Because I am fucking terrible at listening Japanese. <laughs> like, I cannot hold a conversation that well. I can read it more or less just fine. But it's just, like, holding a conversation because I can't, like, 
I like I haven't talked in, or spoken Japanese with someone in like years, so it's kind of hard to yeah. get that to keep going. But actually watching these fucking VTubers play random games and just talking that kind of helps me. And then plus the the whole live English they just started like last week, two weeks ago. So I've been really watching that and then watching wrestling. Mostly watching what we um, had to watch for this show, but I did get to watch a few other things because like we did have a little bit of gap between uh, night two of All Japan and then the beginning of uh, N1. I watched a little bit of Five Star because I'm still like way behind in it, but I got to catch the uh, September 5th show, which uh, had uh, Himika and Starlight Kid, which was pretty good. Like Starlight in particular, like I really wanted to shout out from this. She didn't look as great as like in the Mayu match that they had in Cork in like a couple months or a couple weeks ago, but I still think thought she looked really good in this. And then Himika, I love Himika, so I uh, I love all DDM really. But um, AZM and Jungle was pretty great, but I'm like they're two of the best workers in the uh, company, so I'm not really that surprised. And Azumi's really had a been having a stellar tournament up to this point. Uh, Julia and Sayo on that show was kind of fucking boring, so I definitely skipped out, but. And then Mayu and Konami in the main event was just awesome. I definitely go out of your way to check that out. Again, two of the best workers in the company, so <laughs> yeah, that's what you're going to get. And then I met, watched the uh, first night of the ROH Pure Tournament, which was actually really good. Like I, this, I know it's not going to last because they can't do Pure Tournament shit all the time in ROH, but this return since COVID has been really good just from this first show. Uh, not so excited for the second show because that show is going to have uh, Rocky and... Uh, David Finlay and then Delirious versus Matt Sidell, so uh, not the gonna be the best uh, night, but this first night was great. Uh, had Lethal, uh, Jay Lethal versus Cast, uh, Dalton Castle. I thought the promos were like both from like before the match were excellent, like especially the last half of Castles. Like it was it was like him saying like, "Oh, people forget that I'm actually fucking good at this because I'm the former champ and I'm not just some have fun guy like with the boys anymore. Like I'm a past world champion and I'm really fucking good at this and." I, the, whole, the match is great too. Like um, for like the set of rules they were going in. Like Lethal was working over Castle's leg the whole match, and which led to finish where Castle like went for a driver but couldn't because of his leg. So Lethal escaped and hit the Lethal injection for the win. So I thought they played like they, they set that out really well. And then Gresham. Uh, the next match was uh, Jonathan Gresham versus Wheeler Yuta. Uh, Wheeler Yuta is really impressive. I know we talked about it before, but mm-hmm. this was like his standout match. I think like this match might be like my favorite. Uh, American wrestling match like all year, oh, wow. especially during COVID. I, but so don't skip this. Don't skip the um, promos before the match too, because uh, the Gresham promo is like just phenomenal. It's just great work from him. And I love the spot where Yuta used a rope break, but Lethal's foot got, like he really, I don't know if he actually got his foot stuck or if he pretended to get his foot stuck, but he couldn't let go of the hole because his foot stuck. So he had to let the ref get help him get out of it. But Yuta got like just got up, got pissed off that the ref let him keep the hold in, like, just punched Gresham straight in the face. So that was great. And then, um, and then I loved the finish. Like with instead of Yuta tapping out to a submission, he tapped out while Gresham just kept slamming his knee into the mat repeatedly after all the legwork he'd been doing the entire match. And yeah, like I said, like that's definitely a match to go out of your way to see. It's like one of my favorite uh, U.S. wrestling matches so far this year. But. Let's get into the news before I talk about anything else because this is going. <laughs> we need to keep this as slimmed down as possible because we got a lot of shows to talk about. Uh, not a whole lot of news, thankfully, at least. Uh, for Western wrestling news, uh, AEW signed Will Hobbs and Serena Deeb. 
And I think both of those are great signings for AEW. Like, yeah. And I like the way they set up Will Hobbs like as a big he's deal already, from the yeah. beginning. Like he's that's the like, one thing that they kind of did right. Yeah, <laughs> like he's been doing all the dark stuff and stuff. I haven't watched it because I don't watch dark because yeah. it's uh, yeah. No, I, I got too much. He's on dark again tomorrow. Probably on dark too, but <laughs> that's fine. But still, like his day, like his first oh, sh- appearance after signing for AEW was him coming out and like saving Mox, and he, lo- he looked really great in that. And then he's gonna have a match this week. Wednesday, yeah. So, so we'll talk about love. that in a minute. But and then Serena Deeb. I thought she looked really good in her match with uh, Thunder Rosa, mm-hmm. even though if you want to argue about the booking, you, yeah, yeah be my guess. But I thought she looked good it's there. It's a and good pickup for their women. They they desperately need someone with a bit more experience. Um, and like I was telling him, I think she's um, – it's fine if they use her, you know, every few weeks or whatever. I think it's just better for her to be a trainer, especially with that group. I think they could definitely um, – learn a lot from her yeah between her and then i guess thunder rosa is kind of helping out a little bit now too i think that'll yeah. help a lot of the women out which i don't i don't think we talked about it last week with like the evil east and we uh, did because that came rosa up this was it, was that, oh yeah that was last week or last wednesday like yeah them like shooting in their match or some bullshit i, I don't do fucking not know. understand why people continue to book ivy leaves like everyone knows she has an attitude issue and she's well she has a lot of issues but i mean yeah, I'm not going to get into that. Nope. <laughs> uh, Impact, uh, Rich Swan has had to challenge Eric Young for the Impact <sighs> title at Bound for Glory on October 24th. Uh, not super hell, excited bro. about that, but... Oh, hey, that's the day after my birthday. I didn't even realize. <laughs> God damn it. I don't want to watch that. Oh, and then uh, for WWE News, they announced the next TakeOver is going to be on October 4th. Oh. So, there's that, I guess. <laughs> They did announce, like, the NXT UK, like, heritage shit, like, the actual participants, but I forget, and I didn't write it down. Wait, for the gauntlet? Yeah, no, no, for, like, their, the UK show, like, their, that tournament they're doing. We mentioned the it. what? The UK heritage shit. I don't know. It has, like, fucking Trent Seven and, um, fuck, who else is in that? I don't know. It's, like, the ones that aren't pedos. Well. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, um, I don't know. Trent should not be in it, but okay. Yeah. We'll just be. I'm oh, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Um, that's it for Western news. For, uh, Japanese Indian news, we got a 0-1. Hayato Tamara successfully defended the 0-1 title against Toei Iwasaki after the match was previously postponed. And they announced the, uh, participants for this year's Fire Festival. And we got the blocks, too, already. Uh, block A is Yuji Hino, Takuya Sugawara, Yoshikazu Yokoyama, Toei Iwasaki, Hartley Jackson, T-Hawk, and Quietstorm. Uh, from that, Hino and uh, T-Hawk are the ones that really stand out for me. Especially when they might face each other, and uh, he know Quiet Storm will probably be decent, and then I'd be interested to see Wasaki and T Hawk too. Uh, for B Block, we got Masato Tanaka, Chris Vice, hey. Gonseki Tanaka, Yuka Miyamoto, Hayato Tamura, Shogun Okamoto, and Tsukutaka Sato. Uh, for me personally, I'm really excited to see Gonseki Tanaka and Tsukutaka Sato because they had kind of had a little bit of a rivalry in Russell One. Mm. And then plus, I'm just interested to see uh, both of those guys against Masato Tanaka, see what they, he can get out of yeah. them. So. <laughs> I'm excited for the year one. Uh, Fire Festival is just how much of this is going to make tape. Uh, then for Joshi News, we had for Ice Ribbon, uh, Tsukasa, Tsukasa Fujimoto successfully defended the Fantastic Ice title against Siuri in a no ropes Ice Ribbon style lumberjack match. And then after the match, Siuri announced that she had finished with Ice Ribbon. So uh, sad to see her go, but. I don't know if that means she's going to actually sign with Stardom, which I, I still kind of doubt that, but it might just be Stardom wanting more dates with her so she can't work as many uh, indies. 
and uh, Suzu Suzuki successfully defended the Ice Infinity title against Kikuchi. Uh, can't wait for that match to make tape. I'm sure it's great. I don't know when it's. I, mean, I know it's going. I'm sure it's going to. I just don't know when. I haven't really seen. Uh, stardom news: uh, Utami Hayashishida is this year's five-star Grand Prix winner, defeating Himika in the finals. Uh, she has chosen to challenge the winner of Siri and Mayu for the red belt, and hopefully she wins. I don't think she's going to, but we'll see. I guess. <laughs> I know a lot of like I know one of my friends, uh, Welka. He wants he thinks Mayu needs to hold it for like basically ever and no. hold it until like the anniversary show next year or something. But no. I think if anyone has a shot to beat her this year, it's probably Utami. The only other person I thought who could beat her is Momo, but Momo is going to be taking another L here because um, B Priestley returned and has challenged Momo, what's an o- Momo for the apparently vacated SWA title, which they never said was vacated until this challenge got announced. Like, I think Jamie even still had it in her in her uh, bio that she was SWA champion when it got announced because she, she, she probably didn't know. So I'm like, Shit. I don't know why that'd be Momo to be the one to take the L here because why, but. They were really downcycled Momo, so we'll see what they do with her. And I don't have a problem with B winning it. I might not like B, but I think it's better to, for a foreigner to hold this belt. considering the nature of it, but I don't know. And then uh, Julia announced that there will be a new member of DDM mem- incoming. I don't think she said when, but... I think it was October something. Might have been at the, um, the Yokohama Cinderella or whatever, like the big show. But... I have no idea who it's going to be, but we hope it's we'll see, I guess. Oh, and then they also announced a big match for the Cork and Hall show on uh, September 28th. Momo Watanabe, Utami Hayashishida, and Izumi versus Takumi Aroha, Rin Kadokura, and Mei Hoshizuki. So, I'm really excited for that, for sure. I wish it had, would have been Makoto Shindo in, involved for the Marvelous side, but oh. still, I think it's going to be a great match. I it, found the date for the stardom stuff, yeah. Whoever the newest member of DDM is going to be, um, it's going to be on October 3rd. So, yeah, Yokohama. Oh, okay, yeah. Then for uh, Wave, uh, Hero A was finally able to have a retirement show on September 18th. And she teamed with Nagisa Nozaki, Nozaki to defeat Kaori Oniyama and Miyuki Takase. So, uh, sad to see her go, but at least she finally got to have her retirement match after being postponed because of all the COVID stuff. Uh, for Dragon Gate news, uh, we didn't watch the show yet, but Dangerous Gate 2020 happened today, uh, a day recorded in November, or not November, <laughs> September 21st. Uh, not going to go all through all the match results, but some fallout from it. Uh, Kai was the first to escape the cage match, so he joined RED, and Ada must now defend the title against a Dragon Gate wrestler because he wasn't the first person to escape. Big Arshimuzu was the one who lost the match, so he must leave RED. And start over from the beginning with his original name, get a crew cut, and just go back to his old self. So I'm interested to see how the storyline plays out for him. Uh, now with uh, Ada having to defend against a Dragon Gate Rus- or Dragon Gate um, Generation wrestler, it could be Ben K. Now that he's freed up, mm. which I should mention too, uh, Red won the Triangle Gate titles off uh, the Dragon Gate Generation. So now Ben Case was out of belt. He could do something else. Uh, KZ won his match against Rookie Doi, so he's always in the mix. He could challenge. I've seen some people say um, Big R, now that he's in the Dragon Gate generation, he could challenge Ada, which would be a nice play into the story, I guess. So who knows? There's a lot of different options. We'll see. 
and the uh, last title match for that show, uh, the Dragon Gate Generation successfully defended the Twin Gate titles against the Targumon. I think it was uh, Dragon Kid and Susumu. But all I've heard about the show is that it's great. Some people, a lot of people say it's show of the year, so I'm excited to check it out once I get the chance to. But we got too much to watch right now. Pretty much. <laughs> um, all Japan news. Uh, 2020 Real World Tag League starts on November 11th and is set to finish on December 7th. So excited to see once they announce who's going to be in it. I don't know when they're going to do that, but November 11th is probably like mid-October maybe. Uh, New Japan News. They've announced they're going to – they're still doing uh, New Japan Strong just without all the um, top guys now really because <laughs> they just announced a tournament, uh, Lions Break Crown, starting on September 25th. It's an eight-man tournament. The first-round matchups are Logan Regal versus the DKC, Clark, Con- Clark Connors versus Jordan Clearwater, Danny Limelight versus Barrett Brown, Adrian Quest versus Blake Christian. For some reason, New Japan wants to have uh, another tournament. I think someone said like by the end of this, and if they, I'm assuming they have like real world or having World Tag League, they've had like seven tournaments or something since they came back from the COVID break. Like, New Japan's going overboard with this shit. And then, just the graphic for this is terrible. Like, the fucking font. It's not as bad, like, when I blow up the picture a little bit. But when you see it on Twitter, like, you can barely read this shit. Because they chose, like, some Regal-esque font because it's Lion's Break Crown. But, uh, who's going to win this? Um, I don't know. I'm just going to pick the DKC just because Shibata likes him. That seems about as good of a reason. I just go with the one I know, and that's Blake. But I don't even think that's happening. Yeah, I don't think Blake's going to win it. So, I like Jordan Clearwater, so I could go with him, too. Which one is that? He's that uh, tall boy that was trained by oh, Carl, that uh, blonde oh, guy. Blonde? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's pretty good in that match. I, I barely pay attention but, to it, so I don't fucking know. I don't even think we watched last week's Strong. We did watch this past Friday. Oh, I don't remember it I, at all. I went to bed, like, during the main event because I didn't care anymore. I was like, I'm too tired. But that's it for the news. Let's get into the airings. This week, um, Dragon Gate aired live on the Dragon Gate Network on September 19th to 21st. Stardom had the five-star Grand Prix Finals on September 19th. Check Stardom World for all that. I think all the whole show's up now. Mm. All Japan aired more Champions Carnival on All Japan TV on September 21st. DDT aired on Wrestle Universe on September 21st. It was like a Hirata Muscle, I think you said it was. Yeah, Hiragana Muscle. Hiragana Muscle. Yeah, it's like Hiragana Muscle 3. Uh, DDT, or I said DDT. Uh, TJP aired live on Wrestle Universe September 21st and included um, Mina Shirakawa and Natsumi uh, Maki's final matches in the company, or at least for now, I guess. Uh, Noah N1 began live on Wrestle Universe and on Samurai on September 18th and 20th. New Japan's G1 began live on New Japan World September 19th and 20th. Big Japan September 14th aired on Samurai TV on September 20th. Noah's N1 will air live on Abima September 22nd and 23rd, and on Wrestle Universe 22nd and the or 23rd and the 26th. Also, the early show on the 23rd is going to be on Fight TV with English commentary. So, if you want to check that out, be my guest. It might help for someone who's new to Noah just to have English commentary and kind of maybe help you explain to you, like, who who, and all that. I have no idea how good these commentators are going to be, so we'll see, I guess. But I get some people might want to have English commentary their first viewing of a promotion. 
uh, New Japan G1 continues on New Japan World on September 23rd, 24th, and 27th. Oz Academy, uh, September 6th, airs on Nico Pro on September 23rd. The Ikemen Produce Show from September 5th will air on Nico Pro on September 24th. Actress Girls, September 16th, airs on Nika Pro on September 25th. Ice Ribbon, September 20th, airs on Samurai, September 26th. And All Japan has the final block night of Champions Carnival on All Japan TV on September 26th. So, mostly tournament stuff, but if you're not watching all the tournaments, there's some other stuff sprinkled in so you can check out at your leisure. I know not everyone's a fucking madman and wants to watch all these promotions at once. That's why we're here for you, to watch it all and tell you what's actually good. (laughs) Uh, For weekly Aryans, speaking of New Japan Strong, uh, not a stellar lineup this week. (laughs) Uh, Danny Limelight, Logan Regal, Clark Connors, Adrian Quest versus Barrett Brown, Jordan Clearwater, Blake Christian, and the DKC. Basically all the guys in the tournament facing each other in an eight-man. Rocky Romero and PJ Black versus Fred Rosser and Mysterioso. And uh, ACH and Alex Zane versus Tama Tonga and Tonga Loa. At least that match, I'm kind of interested in seeing how it goes. But the rest of it, I'm not super excited about, I guess. Uh, for Impact on Tuesday, uh, Jordan Grace is fe- facing Tenille Dashwood. Kimberly is facing Susie. Sammy Callahan is facing RVD. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Um. TJP, Chris Bay, and Trey Miguel are facing in a three-way to determine Jesus. who faces um, uh, Hakeem. Or, no, Hakeem. Rohit. Rohit Raju. I looked at his Twitter I handle. <laughs> it throws but, me off. But, yeah, who's facing him at uh, Bound, for, Bound for, Glory. for Glory for the X Division title. So, uh, not the best-looking lineup for Impact this week. God. AEW's a little bit better. Yeah, sure. Uh, Hikaru Shida. And Thunder Rosa facing uh, Diamante wow. and Ivelisse. They're facing no one. They're legends. I'll see. We'll see how stiff it gets this week, I guess. <laughs> I hope Ricardo just beats the shit out of both of them, bringing them over. Uh, Jericho's going to be live, whatever that means. Um, <laughs> Mox, Will Hobbs, and Darby Allen are going to face Lance Archer, Brian Cage, and Ricky okay, Starks. Okay, that's who it is. I, why couldn't I remember the other two for Lance, but whatever. They did some whole thing. Some I know. Promo I about it. stupid thing. I and then, know. uh. Brody Lee's facing Orange Cassidy, or defending the title against Orange Cassidy Cassidy. for some reason. I don't know why they're having uh, Cassidy lose again so quick. Well, he won the Orange Juice shit, but I don't know why they're doing this title match right now. So he can win? I don't think that's happening. (laughs) I wish. I don't care about Brody. Uh, NXT um, number one contender gauntlet eliminator match for the NXT title. Bronson Reed, Kushida, Kyle O'Reilly. Timothy Thatcher and Cameron Grimes. Hopefully it's Kushida. Jesus. Is there anyone else? No, this is five people. It's a, like a gauntlet it? match. Never mind. Yeah, hopefully Kushida wins because I'd love to see him versus Finn at least. I must have missed when Bronson Reed was added. Okay, that's why. Yeah, I'm I think he was the last person. I think he got announced today maybe. Um. Yeah, this better be Kushida. Well, I'll take Kushida or Kyle, I think. I'll take Kyle. I don't want to see Thatcher win it again because I don't want to see like, – uh, Thatcher and Finn was good. It was okay. But I don't want to see it again right now. Honestly. But, they'd over but Kushida and Kyle, like, those two are really the ones I'd like to see win. If Kyle wins, he got to win. I'm sorry. <laughs> but, um, and then, uh, number one contender, Battle Royale for the women's title. Because they can't do anything else creative. Yeah, so that's, so all, that's, that's the only way they create. Yeah, baby. 
But the thing is, though, it's probably just going to be fucking uh, Shotzi, because that's the story with Io right now. She already beat her. Oh, wait, they already do that match? Yeah, they did it on TV, like, last week. All right. <laughs> and she lost, so yeah. It seems like Xylee, or however the fuck you say her name, um, they had her on TV, I think, the other week, too, and it seems like she was more of a heel, I guess. I don't know. Them using Xylees and something, I guess. <laughs> well, I don't know. That's just my guess. And then uh, I think Chompa's supposed to come back or have He's a match or something. Back. Well, I think he's supposed to have a match or something this week. Oh, I think it's with Atlas or something. Oh, yeah, because he, like, attacked Atlas or something or last week, I think. Homophobic. Something like that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it for all of that. So let's get into the shows we got to talk about. And got six shows, so let's try and get through this. <laughs> I think everything was pretty good, though, overall. So get into it. Uh, first, we're going to start off with uh, Old Japan, the Champions Carnival, starting off with uh, Night 3 from September 15th. Uh, we're not going to talk really about the uh, undercard stuff. It, yeah. I meant to go back and watch them, but I forgot. But we can go through the results, at least for the undercard. Uh, first match was Koji Doi and Yusuke Kodama defeating Yusuke Okada and Balian Aki in 6.55, with uh, Okada getting pinned yet again. I think in, oh, in this match, uh, Aki got pinned, or got injured, I should say. Which, was it this night? I think it was this night. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, it was. That's the uh, third injury from Champions Carnival this year. Assuming uh, Tatsu's isn't work, but uh, we'll see, I guess. It wouldn't surprise me if it is. Um, second match was Shuji Ishikawa, Hikaru Sato, Dan Tamura, and Osamu Nishimura defeating Takao Mori and Masanobu Fuji, Black Mento Ray, and Ruki Honda in 11-24. Uh, third match was Purple Haze, Izanagi and Shigeru Irie defeating Enfonso Terribla, Hokuto Amori, and Kuma Arashi 922. And last match before block matches, Ikuro Hodaka, Francesco Akira, and Rising Hayato defeating Koji Uemoto, Atsuki Oyagi, and Tajiri in 936. Uh, first block match for uh, A Block, Zeus defeated Jiro Kuroshio in 713. And Jiro was still so mad about not being allowed to go through the crowd because of the COVID, and I guess just decided to get right into the ring this time instead of even bothering, and he just, like, was just sulking, it looked like. Uh, he immediately started hitting um, Zeus with jacket strikes, but he just, like, no-sold them completely. Then he threw them threw him into the corner and opened his jacket, just started, like, beating on uh, Ikemen's chest with chops. They went to the outside, and Ikemen started being, like, super aggressive, working on Zeus's arm, and throwing him into the barricade. Ikemen got him back in the ring and continued the work, his arm. Uh, there was a bit of a botch from Ikemen trying to do like a Rana off the top and stumbling, but he caught himself and tried to, again, only for Zeus to catch him this time, body slam him off the top rope. Zeus went for, went for a submission, but Ikemen rolled, uh, rolled him up for a near fall. But Zeus finally did hit him, get, get him in the submission. But before Ikemen gave up, he pulled him up to his feet, only to deliver a hard chop and pin him, which apparently was a story that came about <laughs> Twitter because Ikemen basically told him that all you're good for is a chop. And Ikemen, or Zeus is like, okay, well, I could beat you with my submission, but I'm going to beat you with a chop just to be an asshole, basically. But I love that little story. Like, I, th- I thought the match was really good anyway, but then you add that the backstory of the, the whole like Twitter feud or whatever with it. makes it even better, and yeah, I enjoyed that a lot. Yeah, I had no idea about that whole little Twitter thing until, I guess, after the match. And I was like, I think I just made it even better. Um, overall, I enjoyed the match. I thought it was pretty good. But, I mean, I don't know if we're going to be the ones that are kind of alone in the, like, in Ikemen matches. But, 
hey, they entertained me, so that's all I can ask for. Yeah, the, the actual, like, the Twitter feud stuff, uh, they're beefing over Twitter. Because what uh, Ikaman said was all Zeus could do was chop and that if he the match went over five minutes, that Ikaman would win. Well, the match went over five minutes, and Zeus beat him with a chop. So <laughs> that was a nice little story they told on Twitter. But if you pay attention. I don't know how I missed that because I follow both of them on Twitter, but someone I else had told me about yeah, it. But. I didn't even see that. Uh, second match was a B block, B block, B block match. I don't know why I'm stumbling with that. <laughs> Just say, you know, I don't know if block B is any better. Never mind. Yeah. I don't know. Um, Yuma Aoyagi defeating Yoshitatsu by ref stoppage in 5-11. Was really just all Yuma attacking Yoshitatsu's back while he sold, including Yuma running himself into the barricade and pretending his back hurt just to taunt Yoshitatsu. It's like, oh, I got a healthy back, not unlike you, motherfucker. Um, then he tried to, like, taunt Tatsu more, like, going to do his move with, the, like, the face cover stomp setup that he always does. But Tatsu caught him in a headlock. Yuma escaped, and Tatsu, but Tatsu went for the move in, himself, only to, like, collapse out of pain. And then finally, uh, Yuma got him in the hole, in, in that his submission hold, and the ref called the match. Then after the match, Doi came out and attacked Yuma again, like last show, which felt kind of out of nowhere. But I'm welcome for a Yuma and mm. Doi feud if that where it leads. But that uh, was a solid match. The way they worked, it was enjoyable for what it was. It wasn't like anything you have to go anywhere to see. But if you like, if Tatsu is really pretending to be injured just for this, that's funny to me. But I don't know. I thought with the story they were telling, I thought it was decent. I'll say I thought overall it was a it was a passable match. It was okay. I mean, I still enjoyed it, but um, yeah, Aoyagi was just a real great A prick here. Um, I mean, you pretty much said everything that happened. I didn't really take all that many notes on it. It's just weird the whole doy thing. It's like <laughs> I don't really know. Like I guess that's a feud. I don't I don't understand. Like I was when we watched this live, I was half hoping like maybe this is just like a, a like a ploy to make it seem like Yuma's not yeah. on uh, Infant's side, and then he come out, then like Doi came out and helped Yuma beat Kento or something, but obviously that didn't happen. But I don't know. I do hope we get a singles match between those two sometime because I think it'll be pretty great. Mm. Maybe it'll be maybe it's building up to like uh, World Tag League. Maybe I don't know. Guess we'll have to wait and see. Uh, next match, uh, another Block B match. Uh, Kento Miyahara defeated Shotaro Oshino in 1821, and uh, I hated this match so much. <laughs> it was so disappointing, oh man. <laughs> like, I've been waiting for this. The camera work in this was like fucking awful. Like, I'm not sure why they kept show. Like, they showed uh, Hokuto and Kodama in the corner, just like chilling with the apron, and then zooming in and God, on Aoyagi like multiple work. times in the back. So like, bad. It was, like, it felt like they were doing. And, as far as the match goes, it felt like they were like doing next to nothing from the start outside of Kento doing headbutts. Started to show some action once Kento slowly got back into the ring, giving Ashino the chance to hit him with a corkscrew, which led to Ashino attacking the leg on the post in the barricade. And then it turned into like a brawl between Enfants and Kento's group with Hokuto, of all people, working Kento's leg more instead of Ashino himself outside. And then you don't even know what Ashino did during this whole brawl because the camera was just completely focused on Hokuto and Kento, which obviously you can just pretty much just shows you that Enfants and um, All Japan, it's all about Hokuto, even though he's like the young boy in the match or young boy in the fe- in the group. I love him, but I'm just like, they're making it obvious. Like this is just a vehicle for them to get Hokuto over which whatever. But anyway, once they got back in the ring, Ashino continued the leg work and then more shots of Yuma just watching. So we kept missing the portions of the match, which is just frustrating. Like, 
felt like some fucking like SmackDown camera work or something. Uh, kept fighting on, went to the apron where Doi came out of nowhere and took out Kento's leg. Then all of a sudden, Kento stopped selling the leg that had been worked over the entire match by Ashino, Kento, or uh, Hokuto, Doi. All of them were working over Kento's leg, and then he does nothing. And I guess all people explain this is fighting spirit, and I'm like, no, that, that's a bullshit excuse. Especially when you're complaining about other people selling in other matches. Right. But no, Kento's fighting spirit, like, okay. The only time he really oversold it was when Ashino had him in the ankle lock, that portion of the match, and that's it. And then with the finish, he hit like a perfect-looking bridge on his on his straight jacket German for the win. Then afterwards, he decided to sell his knee a little bit after winning, but then basically started walking around the ring like nothing happened and climbing the turnbuckle and getting like cheering on the fans and all that shit. Look, I guess knee seemed perfectly fine there, but yeah. When I saw the response on this on Twitter, I was like. A lot of people were complaining about the interference, and I'm that like, was more that's not that's not the problem with the match. Yeah. It was literally two spots in the match, the brawl and Doi taking out Kento's knee. And I wouldn't even count the Doi taking out Kento's knee really as like mm-hmm. egregious or anything. If you want to argue about the brawling, that's fine. But when I saw them, people talk, complaining about brawling and shit like that. I thought it was like Bullet Club. Yeah, I thought it was like Bullet Club. I thought it was going to be basically, if you haven't watched it, uh, last August, uh, Ashino and Kodama were facing... Uh, Manabasoya and, uh, fuck, who was he? Chuji Kondo for the, uh, Russell 1 tag titles after they were vacated. That had a fuck ton of, um, interference in it. And that's, that's the level I thought we were getting. But th- this was, this match here was completely tame compared to that. So I don't know why people were complaining about that. The problem was the match structure and Kento not selling shit. So, yeah, this match was like one of my most excited matches from the tournament. But it was also like the most disappointing match of the tournament. We'll get to the other match that was. I won't even say the ma- next the other match is disappointing, but it's still like maybe a spoiler alert. But Ashino has been in two of the worst matches of the tournament, and they're not his fault, which pisses me off. Yeah, it's, that's what's frustrating so, me. Anyway, you, I already ranted enough. You can I, say what you like about the match. I mean, huh? Or what you thought about the match? I mean, I mean, you pretty much said everything that you know. I thought about it. It was just a big disappointment because, like you said, this was more of my most anticipated match of the entire tournament, and then it kind of just turns into. This, eighteen twenty eight of just, just a hot ass mess. Um, it, I was really trying to think. I was like, what the hell did Ashino even really do? Literally, I just remember him having Kento and like, you know, the ankle lock. Other than that, yeah, like the camera would just be on Aoyagi or outside or just not in the right spots. It, the selling was like, you know, I don't even get mad about selling that much, but it's like, this was just frustrating. I was like, dude, you're not even like pretending to like anything happen. And the interference didn't bug me because Kento didn't sell it. So who really gives a fuck that it happened because he's not selling for it. So I still don't really get those complaints about the interference, but um, it just wasn't a good match. It was just a, Really, really big disappointment. Yeah, like, we'll get to it on the, the night four of the tournament, but Ashino's booking since like, since fans came back has been absolute dog shit ever since the Swamis since match. He lost, yeah, ever since he lost that match, has been dog and, shit. And when we, wa- when we got on the, ep- the episode of the podcast, when after that match, I was like, I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt that he it was fine that he beat or lost to Suwama, and I'll just wait and see how Shuji books the rest Told of this. You. But... I'm not doing that shit anymore. 
Ashino is like they've made him look like a fucking chump, and especially in like the second his match against Chuji, but we'll talk about that in a minute. But his booking has been fucking shit. Anyway, <laughs> let's talk about a match I actually did enjoy. Um, uh, Block A, the main event here. Uh, Jake Lee defeated Suwama by referee stoppage in 1738. And like I said, to be honest, after the Ashina match, I, ch- I checked out of the show because it was so irritating. I didn't take a whole lot of mo- notes about this match, but it ended up sucking me in anyway because it was just a great ma- pretty great match. Like Jake has been on fire this whole tournament, honestly, and so far, and... He looked great here, taking the Triple Crown champ to his limit and winning in the end. And Jake was really aggressive and showed a ton of fire, like I said. So I'm laid in some offense of his own, but Jake was able to withstand it and in the end reversed it. Or reverse, uh, I can't even talk. Reverse the um, submission. Are you submitted Swam in the end? I don't know what I'm talking anymore. <laughs> I got too fired up after that Ashino segment. Yeah, I was gonna but say. no, like uh, up to this point, that Jake Lee and Swam match, that is my match of the tournament up to that point. I was going to say, um, this was probably definitely my match of the tournament by that point. Um, it was just so good. I think Jake Lee has honestly been pretty much the highlight for me. I'd say probably like him and Man, but they're just for two different reasons, obviously. But Yeah, say so Jake and Man are definitely like the MVPs of this tournament for me. So when this came around, you know, I was pretty excited because – Honestly, it's like, I like Jake Lee. I like him a lot, and I like Suwama, too. So I was really happy that um, that this ended up being so good, and I'm glad people actually said that it was good, too. But um, whatever. Yeah, it was just really great match, and I'm just glad we ended on a better note because if that Kento and Ashino match main evented, I think I would have just <laughs> been in the dumps completely. Yeah, say, so despite... Kenzo and Ashino disappointing. I thought, still thought it was a really pretty good show yeah, overall. It was. And then we got uh, night two for uh, or night four of Champions Carnival from uh, September twenty first. We actually watched all the undercard shit, so we'll talk about it a little bit, but not really yeah. much. <laughs> I was say, yeah. Like we're mostly sticking to the um, tournament matches. And overall, I thought this was like probably the best night of Champions Carnival yeah. as a whole. And part of that is because not even because of a tournament match, because the junior title match. Yeah. But. <laughs> Um, let's get through it. Um, first match, uh, Yoshitatsu, Mensteo, and Yusuke Okada defeated Takao Mori, Takara, and Ruki Honda. Uh, before the match, uh, Tego Tachibana was originally supposed to be in this, uh, six man, but he was injured, so he is gone, he wasn't in this, so Yoshitatsu hinted at a former Dodai wrestler who would be joining Yoshitatsu Kingdom for this match, and it was Mensteo. But after the match, um... Men's Teo basically refused to join Yoshitatsu Kingdom. And then, Okada uh, left too. And then, uh, yeah, Okada was just like, nah, I'm gone too. Chikara tried to join, but uh, Yoshitatsu wouldn't let him, so that was hilarious. But, that was great. Like, really, like, that end shit was like the Yeah, the end shit was the best part. Match the, was fine. the match was, yeah, it's just kind of passable. Final so. winner, yeah. It's like, yeah. Uh, next match was a uh, block A match. Jake Lee defeated Kuma Arashi in 732. Yay. This was, like, just as good as their previous matchup. Yeah. Just this time with fans, so you got a little bit of sound from them to help it out, out a little bit more. But highlight of the match really was Kuma doing a fucking senton that off the apron sick, onto bro. Jake off the outside. Like, that, that rolled in. This was really, like, the first match of the tournament that uh, Kuma really got to show out, show what he's really got. And Jake was great working underneath for him. Uh, finish came with Jake dropping Kuma off the top rope and a running knee. And then uh, submitted Kuma in the end. And, uh, yeah, they really kicked off the show with a bang. 
Yeah, I was going to say, this was just a really good way to kick off the show. Um, it definitely was as fun as their first match. And like you said, it had the benefit of having some crowd noise. Not a whole lot, but, you know, you can only work with so much right now. Um, I wasn't sure if Kuma was going to end up spoiling Jake. I shouldn't have even thought that because, the why would he why would he get points? I mean, you know. Uh, but, yeah, overall fun match. And, again, just adds to my reasons why Jake is... My MVP so far. Uh, next match, uh, Block B. Shotaro Shino defeated Shuji Shikawa in 846. Oh, God. And Here we go. This, this match was fine. The booking of it was fucking dog shit. Even though, like, <laughs> Ashino looked like a fucking chump <laughs> when he won. He won the match, and he still looked like shit because of how they structured the match. Like, I don't know what, I don't know what Ashino did to Shuji, but he's booking him like shit ever since they got into this stuff, but this is even just a uh, more ate his food too. something. Him and Okada must have ate Shuji's plate of food or some shit. Yeah. Say Ashido and fucking Okada are in the doghouse or something. I don't fucking know what's going on here, but, um, Matt started with Shuji just like ramming Ashino into the barricade in the apron, then throwing him into the corner to attack his back even more. Finally, Ashino was able to like take control for a little bit with a drop kick and to Shuji's knee and then hit a gut wrench suplex. But that is like it for <laughs> Ashino's offense in this match. Like, uh, Shuji basically dominated the entire match. Ashino was able to get him into like an ankle lock, and he tried to kick him off multiple times until he just like casually got up and got out of the fucking ankle hold, like it was nothing. And then suplexed him. Then he like basically murdered Ashino with a running knee and, and hit the splash mountain. But Ashino was able to kick out. Then Ashino locked in the ankle lock a second time. This time Shuji couldn't escape, but was, most of the match was basically Shuji just murdering this guy, and Ashino randomly hit an ankle lock and won. So, yeah, he won, but he still looked like a fucking piece of shit. So, uh, yeah, his booking's awful. <laughs> I was going to say, I didn't think it was, like, bad. It was passable, I guess. But, yeah, the booking left, you know, a lot to be desired. <laughs> uh, I'm just kind of getting to the point where I'm, like, I'm not expecting too much, at least from Ashino's side, sadly. So, I don't really have much more to add to this. It, it, it was a fine block match. It's just... If you're a fan of Ashino, don't expect to see a whole lot of offense besides, like, maybe three moves and then, of course, his ankle lock. That's that's about it. Yeah, like, I can name you three moves that Ashino hit in this three match. He hit a drop kick on Shuji's knees. He hit a gut wrench suplex. Yeah. And he hit the ankle lock twice. So three moves. That's all Ashino had in this match. But um, he has points. Yeah, he finally got points. But at this rate, he's going to fucking lose to Yoshitatsu next, next night. So, oh, yeah. God. Oh, my God. Maybe Kuma, at least, will beat Ikemen so he can get on the board. So I he, hope so. Give Kuma some So, yeah, you got shit. both the uh, Infants guys with two points. Whoop do you do? I, I, I really wish this would have been a normal Champions Carnival because it would have been a more breadth of a yeah. field and Ashina probably would have gotten more wins. But who knows because, I don't know, they clearly don't see him high in the to- – like Which pecking order right now, even though they booked them so strong during the no t- TV era stuff, but it is what it is. Um, uh, next match was a number one contender match for the All Japan Junior Heavyweight Title. With that ten man, whoever picked up the fall here would be the one to challenge the winner of the main or the semi main. It was a uh, Tajiri Dan Tamura, Black Vince Ray, Rising Hayato, and Atsuki Ariyagi defeating. Hokuto Omori, Francesco Akira, Yusuke Kodama, 
Hikaru Sato and Izanagi in A43. I completely forgot Kodama was even in this match because I wasn't. Dude, he hit like a. He went over the top rope at one point. Like, I don't know how you missed that shit. I mean, I must not have been paying attention really. I wasn't really, paying but... much attention because I was working out. So yeah. <laughs> but uh, either way, the result's more interesting than the match itself anyway with um, young boy Aoyagi winning. Freaking not really who I expected to win this. I mean, I think it could have been anyone, but he was probably on, like the lower end of who I thought yeah. was going to win. But uh, still a really big win for him and winning in stylish fashion, hitting the Firebird Splash on Sato. That's fucking like, sick. Yeah, uh, he looked uh, that move looked beautiful. He did it perfectly. He's only, like he's less than two years into his Which career. And he's fucking hitting fucking Firebird what Splashes the fuck, like. Oh uh, man, there's Aoyagi, some like, people years into their career and that can't they can't hit that as pretty as he did. Yeah, then him. Um, Pin and Sato's a big deal anyway. Yeah, that was but, crazy. But, I was uh, like, Sato. Yeah, see, I can't wait for the title match. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Then, uh, next match of, uh, Carnival matches, uh, Block A match. Zeus defeated Suwama by referee stoppage on 516. We didn't watch this live, but there was, like, a Tokyo Sports report that, uh, Suwama reportedly broke his arm during this match. And it might be a work, might be real, we don't know, because Tokyo Sports has feed their help push along stories when they're asked to and um still we didn't really like swam saying like oh i'm gonna be ready to face whoever in osaka next month so we'll see what it is but i kind of went into this match assuming it was real mm-hmm. and um i don't know if that helped or hurt the match really <laughs> like the match is pretty good for like a short little match like him working over the like him continuing to work after that injured arm was like painful to watch because he sold it like he like death like he was so good at telling if it's whether it's a work or real yeah. like if, if it's if it's a work then he sold that like it was real so I gotta give Swama credit for that like it seemed like he got hurt early on in the match when he was trying to like lift Zeus but like he just continued to work and finish the match and yeah I was a little cringing a little bit every now and then assuming the mat the arm work is real but yeah I thought it was a decent match for what it was. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought the match was pretty good, you know, for given the time and the quote-unquote circumstances surrounding it with the quote-unquote broken arm. Um, like you said, Suama sold that shit like crazy if, you know, it's a work. And if it's real, then I don't know how the fuck he did it because <laughs> there'd be no way. I would just, I would have just given up in pain. But yeah, I was going to say, overall, pretty, pretty good for what we got. Then the uh, next match is the semi-main uh, <clears throat> for the Old Japan World Junior Heavyweight title. Koji Uemoto defeated Ikuro Hidaka in 17:29, and uh, like I said, wasn't really planning on taking notes on these like non-block matches, I but I knew this was gonna happen. <laughs> like cause we didn't take I didn't take notes on this, but this was um, this match was fucking incredible. <laughs> like, yeah, it was better than every Champions <laughs> Carnival tournament match so far, and. Probably better than like almost every tournament match of any tournament so far. So, like, except except for maybe one. one. Except for well, not maybe one. Except for yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, like this match was Trail. fucking incredible. Like it's so fast paced. They were like they were working. They were going their, nuts. They were going nuts. Like I was like, holy shit. I think I know this is definitely. I think your first uh, seeing yeah. Hidaka. I think yeah. it's probably mine too. But I'm not entirely sure because I might have seen him like on some random matches, but. Man, he was fucking awesome in this. Well, and, like, Miyamoto's, like, great, great junior here oh, in this division. Oh, I love Miyamoto. He's, like, one of my absolute favorite juniors in the world. It was so fast-paced, full of action. Like, it was, like, nonstop. Like, you could not take your ways, eyes away from the screen. So, even if I was trying to take notes, yeah, I probably would have fucking miss, anyway. I probably missed, missed something. something. So, yeah, this was, like, one of my favorite matches this year. It was so great. 
And it was just funny because, like, at the beginning, Iwamoto was basically just getting his ass beat, but then it kind of evened out. But, yeah, I mean, this, this match just was freaking great. Like you said, I, I also think this was better than pretty much all tournament matches except for one so far. So that speaks to the volume of this. But, again, it's like, it's Iwamoto. I wasn't too familiar with Hidaka coming in, but, yeah, he he pretty much kicked ass, so... A very, very good match. I guess, you know, if you were just planning on watching block matches, sorry, but you should watch this one, too. Yeah, like, we were, like I'm saying, it's basically better than like, returning the matches, and so I'd watch this over block matches, honestly. Honestly. But, like we said from the start before where we were talking about the show, this is really what made the show, like, one of like, the best Champions Carnival match. Just because Or that. Champions Carnival show, I should say. Yeah. But even though I like Zeus and Swama, and I liked... Uh, Kuma and Jake, but then you had this match, and then unfortunately you had the main event next. <laughs> oh God! Um, all right. Uh, next match or the main event was a Block B match. Kento Miyahara defeated Yuma Aoyagi in twenty two fourteen, and uh, this match was kind of just there. It wasn't bad. It wasn't great. It wasn't. It was fine. I good. I don't know how you want to go into it, but it like, okay. yeah, it was okay. I guess that's probably the best way to say it. I like Yuma being like a cocky asshole from the start, getting the crowd to do Kento's like clap thing that he's been doing lately, but clapping for himself instead. But the match was like a lot of them like either stalling or fighting on the outside earlier, which to be honest wasn't super interesting. Of course, they had to do the ref Wada spot with that Kento does in basically every match now. Like, bro, you don't have to do this for every match you're in, <laughs> please. Like, it's fine for like every now and then, but it's like he does it every match now. And then Yuma was acting like the spot, like, killed him, following that in the, in the headbutt. And, like, to the point that he was, like, act, like he was acting like he was dead. And, like, when he woke up, the crowd, like, laughed at him. <laughs> like, I've, I remember hearing a laugh from the crowd after he, like, snapped out of it. Um, but, uh, yeah, it felt like nothing really happened in the first part of the match. Kento hit a pile driver on the apron, which is cool, at least. And then near the end, Yuma started to, like, do some cool stuff, like a triple German spot that he did. Yuma escaped a straight jacket German and hit a spinning high kick and got Kento into, into his submission. But Kento was able to escape. I love that sequence a lot. But it wasn't really until, like, the final two minutes that it really got good and then it ended. So, uh, yeah, I can't really recommend this match. Yeah, I was going to say, overall, I thought it was just okay. Like you said, it was basically a whole lot of nothing for pretty much the majority of the match. A few minutes of being good and then it was over. And so it's just like, it just ended up being okay. That's that's really it for me. I didn't take too much on this. Yeah, like, um, I thought the Yoshitatsu match that Kento had was decent. Yeah. But other than that, Kento's kind of been I, disappointing kinda, this tournament, yeah. honestly. One ace that's disappointed. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, so he's not the only ace that's mm-hmm. kind of been uh, disappointing their tournament so far, <laughs> but uh, we'll get into that in the next couple shows. But... Yeah, Kento ain't been doing much for me. And then um, Mm -mm. hopefully he can have a good match with Shuji. They usually have good chemistry. But we'll see, I guess. I'm not holding my breath, but... That'll probably be the main event of that. Actually, actually, no, it might be be Jake and Zeus, actually. Oh, it should be Jake and Zeus just because they're the... That'll probably be the main and semi-main. It should be Jake and Zeus, but Yeah, Jake and Zeus is going to be the better match, honestly, I think. So that I'm really excited for. Uh, I should know Nishitati might be all right. We'll talk about that mm. once we get 
to the end. We're going to go through all the uh, matches that are coming up and go through all the block standings and stuff. We'll wait till the end to do that for all the tournaments. But um, that's it for All Japan. Let's get into uh, the NOAA N1 next. So uh, first night of N1 took place on uh, September 18th. Overall, I would say this is probably my favorite tournament night of all the tournaments so far. Mm. Just as a whole, I think, well, we'll get to it when we talk to G1, but one night in particular had, like, the best match I've we've seen yet. Oh, for sure. But as just as a whole, from top to bottom, I think this was the best um, night of tournaments thus far. Definitely blew away, like, everything on Champions Carnival, to be honest. Yeah. But <laughs> not, that, not that I'm saying Champions Carnival is bad, because we, as we mentioned last week, I thought... All, they're all been solid. People are overreacting, to be honest. But it's EK man, damn it. But still, like this this night end one was just pretty great from start to bottom. I like the atmosphere for the show. Like it had a big show feel with like the blacked out crowd, oh, so you didn't see any of the production. audience, and it had a spotlight on the ring, so it, you kind of just like didn't see how many how few people were in the crowd. So you kind of pretend like oh this is normal. It's, this isn't <laughs> COVID's not happening right now. You can ignore that for a minute. But um, it gave off like um. Korakuun vibes, just, mm. yeah. Yeah, I yeah, know, um, uh, Alan Forel, he, uh, like, a big Twitter guy, I don't even, mm. but he was saying, like, he thought it was Korakuun at first, because he was asking, like, oh, when did Korakuun get so big? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I, d- I definitely saw a few people say that take, like, oh, it kind of looks like Korakuun, but, uh, only real complaint I had about was that it was so big, because, like, the few people that were there, the, the their reactions, they didn't carry as far. I think, yeah, so that it, was a problem. So, kind of, like, a dulled down, uh reactions for some of the stuff well, i'm glad he has space to social distance but it's like yeah yeah like as, either over as a whole i still enjoyed this environment yeah. this atmosphere a lot uh the first match was a um six-man tag team match akitoshi saito maso anoi masashi aoyagi defeating kenya okada Mohamed yone and shuhei tanaguchi in 13-13 i don't remember anything about this match so we're not, we're not don't concerned. worry it wasn't yeah it's what you expected it's your typical opener so yeah then the uh, next match was a N1 block B, block B match. Uh, Takashi Sugiura defeated Yoshiki Namura in 9-11. Uh, I enjoyed this a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. Test of strength stuff to start, followed by some action on the barricade. Once back in the ring, I loved how like fired up Inamura was, really aggressively elbowing Sugiura in the chest until he just collapsed. This was followed by uh, Sugi hitting running boots into, until Inamura caught one and elbowed him some more after that. Uh, Suki got a two count on a lariat, but Inamura ended up tapping out in the end anyway. And yeah, I just enjoyed this short little match. Like, it was, <laughs> I got no complaints about it. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought it was a really good, very solid match. Um, they definitely were laying it in on each other points. Um, I thought Sugi did a really great job at getting um, Inamura over in certain aspects and things like that. Um, but yeah, it was just a lot of fun. Nice, short way to start. I mean, I guess before the opener, but whatever. <laughs> uh, the next match was a N1 a Block A match. Kaito Kiyomiya versus Masachi Mochizuki uh, went to a time limit draw in 30 minutes. And I think uh, people like this match a lot more than I did from like the rumblings I've seen. Like, I thought it was fine, but it's just, like there's certain... There's, there's some inconsistencies. There's certain things about it I didn't yeah. like. Uh, but, uh, it didn't need to be a draw. Yeah, it didn't need to be a draw. <laughs> but... Um, Let's get into it. Um, uh, start with some match, match, uh, Matt work 
with uh, Mochizuki going after Kaito's leg, which he continued to target throughout the match in a number of different ways, including stiff kicks, attacking his legs while he laid on the outside, wrapping his legs in the ropes and kicking him out of the ring. Like, almost the entire match was built around Mochizuki attacking his leg and Kaito selling for him. Kaito barely got any offense in until midway through the match. He finally did get some in, but this is kind of like a... At near the end, it like ended up being like none of the leg work really mattered because Kaito just started wrestling like normal once he actually got on offense. Except for like the occasional time he remembered to grab his leg for a minute, I guess. But uh, for a 30-minute draw, it didn't drag, which was nice, so I'll, I'll give him that at least. Mm. But in the end, it's like Mojizuki is really the star of it in the glue holding the match together. Like His leg work was great. It's just Kaito was a bit inconsistent with the selling of it, and he didn't really... Even his offense, he didn't do anything like really stellar. So, I thought it was a good enough match. It's just a little bit disappointing. I was, I had higher hopes for it. Yeah, I thought it was a fine match. Um, like you said, I did see people that were kind of higher on it than me. But I mean, overall, I thought it was it was pretty serviceable. I'm not gonna really complain too much. I guess besides the selling, but again, it this this one I don't care quite as much. Um. I thought the last few minutes were good when they were pretty much just desperate to get any kind of attack or offense in, any pin attempts in. Um, the rest of it was it was fine. Like you said, I think Mochi definitely was probably, probably more the star here, but, I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, like, I was just ragging on Kento for no selling, but this wasn't as bad as that, I'll say that. At least. Yeah, so, this, like, yeah, this one, if you miss it, I don't think it's that big of a deal yeah like i'm usually Kento not no. i'm usually not a stickler for um like selling but it's just like going from watching that kento shit to this it kind of is like fresh in my mind so i'm paying more attention to it i guess but either way like mochizuki is really like the guy in this match so i definitely rec- recommend checking it out maybe you'll like it more than i did mm. so that's something to check out uh then uh break from block mat a break from block matches. I don't know why they're doing it like in the middle. Like I don't. I'm, I'm kind of. I don't tired really like this. it that much. Yeah. It's not as bad for this because it was a short match, but we'll get yeah. to them night two. I don't like them breaking up block matches. Just do the undercard and then do the block matches. Well, as we saw, all Japan decided to do that today. Yeah, so. then all Japan did it too. So I don't. I was like, I, fuck me, man. At least with like all our new Japan, you don't have that excuse because all of the undercard is just one just the Young one. Lions match. Yeah. So, th- and there's so no they're way never they're, they're not gonna put that in yeah. between. So it's like. <laughs> for these guys, they're just they're doing whatever, I guess. You know, but. Either way, like the match was uh, Tuchiko Kotoge and, and Naomichi Marafuji defeating Sugira Gun, Kasuyashi, and Sawarongai. That was a pretty fun match, actually. Like, mm-hmm. fucking geek Kotoge came out with the hand by handlebars. <laughs> At least he ended up uh, picking the win up the win here. Yeah, I was surprised <laughs> by that, to be honest. Yeah. But, like, really the highlight of the match was Mario doing Kotoki's, like, running yes. the ropes dropkick spot. It took him a little bit to go, and he's a little slow running the rope at first, like, the first bounce. But then once he got going, he really got it. I think he was, like, getting mad because when they did, like, did the actual spot the first time with Kotoki doing it, he, like, dropkicked uh, Marfuji's hands. And Marfuji's, like, shaking his hand. He's looking at him, like, being all pissed off. Like, that was great. But, yeah, I enjoyed this match. I was going to say, I thought this one was a fun break, at least. It was a good match, so I can't really complain too much. I <laughs> Togi with these goddamn bike handlebars. I'm just like, why? Oh, and then when he goes back after getting the pin, you know, he's still going like vroom vroom without the damn thing. I'm like, what are you doing? 
but I love him anyways. Uh, like you said, match was good. Definitely highlight was Mara Fuji doing the whole running the ropes and then drop kick spot. That that was just great. Uh, but yeah, at least it, at least it was a fun match in between everything. Then the uh, semi-main was a uh, block A match. Goshiozaki defeated Manabu Soya in 1654. I uh, didn't really take a whole lot of notes of this because we were watching while we were watching oh it. God, um, yeah. yeah, Ruth Gator, uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg died during it because I kind of yeah, took kinda... my interest out of the match a little bit. I, I want to go back and rewatch sometime, but that kind of like happened while we were like mid-match, so didn't take a whole lot of notes on it. But from what I did see, like it was really good. Like a lot of arm work from Soya. Early on, go early on, which is basically a go-to strategy for anyone right now. Yeah, everyone facing him. Well. Uh, had lots of hard chops, and, um, and and but it ended up being like a more of a back and forth match towards the end with each guy dropping bombs on each other. Like I said, I'll probably go back and rewatch this, but I still really enjoyed it for what I did see. It's mm. just I can't give a full synopsis, I guess. <laughs> I was gonna say I thought it was really good too. I mean, you pretty much got the gist of it. It was like early on for at least first half of the match. It was just Soya working over Go's arm and just tearing into, you know, his arm and his shoulder and all that shit. Uh, second half, it was more of the heavy and chops and hits and all that stuff, what, you know, what we all love. Um, but I thought overall it was a good match. I was going to say, I don't... I was definitely distracted a little bit by the RBG, you know, passing away. But I guess I kind of just went back to it. But, yeah. It was a good match. Then we got the main event for uh, Block B match. Uh, Katsuhiko Nakajima defeated Keno in 1719. One of my uh, most anticipated matches of the tournament. And they gave it to us in the first night. God and bless. And it, it, it delivered great. for sure. Like, it was a great match. Uh, very fast paced, lots of kicks, which is what you expect from these two. It was kind of like a slimmed down version of their previous match. Yeah, definitely watered down. Yeah. That's okay. Like, they even teased, like, the finish of the last match with Keno nearly knocking Nakajima out with a high kick, but, again, but this time he, like, stayed up. Uh, you can tell, like, Nakajima's style still hasn't changed, like, at all since he joined Congo, since he's basically only a face when he teamed with Go. So, That's he, was, okay. he was always the same piece of shit for any other match he was in. Uh, he got a little cheeky with Keno after the match. He's in a little dissension already, even though he just joined. But, yeah, like, like I said, not as great as their title match, but it was still a great match. So, I definitely recommend going out of your way to see this one. Yeah, this was just a really solid, you know, main event from these two. Um, and just a great main event to finish off the night. Uh, definitely got what you expected. Stiff kicks, hits, whatever the fuck you wanted. It was here. Um, I think this is where the um, venue kind of came more into play. Just because it was so big, you literally could hear just all the hits. So I was kind of like, ugh all those kicks and shit i'm like i don't know how you can take that but yeah i i absolutely love seeing these two go at it i love their chemistry together when they wrestle um yeah i guess we're teasing dissension already which i mean who didn't really expect that but it is what it is and i mean i'm all down for nakajima taking over so that's all i'll say at least on that part (laughs) Yeah, kick that fucking geek out of red. Or I would say red yeah, again. Because he wears red. <laughs> red. But yeah, kick that geek out of, out of Congo, man. Like, Nakajima <laughs> is the actual leader here now. He's just letting Keno lead, pretending to lead. Like, He's the pretend guy. Like, you cannot have Nakajima in your faction as, like, the number two guy. No, it is not going to work. 
I can't. I cannot wait for Nakajima to have his own staple. But yeah, it's like night one and one was pretty great. Like Mm -hmm. main event was great as expected, and everything else was good. So I I got no complaints about it. Yep. Uh, Night two is a little bit of a different story. I don't think it was bad for sure. It was definitely a solid show. Like I enjoyed it, but it wasn't up to the level of the previous night. I still think this is probably better than like everything Champions Carnival, except for like. There's a few things that I wasn't, yeah. Well, it's like not, if we're going match by match, then yeah, there's definitely some uh, Champions Carnival matches are better than the matches tonight. But like as a whole, I think this I, probably I still you. beat every yeah. Champions Carnival show. Maybe Night 3 was better than that, just because it had uh, Jake and Suwama, but then it also had Kento and uh, Ashino. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> I think it's a more consistent show than like any I other of the Champions Carnival matches or shows. But, uh, Get into it. Night two of champ or N one, uh, September twentieth. Uh, first match was Neo defeating Kenya Okada in eleven six. I don't remember much about this I don't other than remember it. Anything. I think it was a little long, or at least felt long. But it felt long. beyond that, I don't really remember much I about think it. It was kind of slow. I didn't take notes on this, but yeah, I felt like it was kind of slow. But from if I can remember right, I know Okada still looked pretty decent, but I couldn't really tell you anything else. <laughs> Uh, second match was a block B match. Naomichi Marufuji defeated Yoshiki and Amura in 12:23, and uh, it, this was kind of dull to be honest. Like a very slow-paced match with Marufuji working over Inamura's arm. Inamura tried to make a, it a little more exciting with his like fire and his chops, but it didn't really make it that much more. <laughs> At least it was only 20 or like only 12 minutes. It was like only 20 minutes. Yeah. Oh my god. Well, maybe I was just thinking about how it felt because yeah. it was only 12 minutes, but it felt longer than that. But <laughs> Yeah, it was, like, a little dull. I definitely skipped this match. I was going to say, yeah, if you're on a time crunch, it's probably a skippable match. I kind of felt bad because, like, when Inamura was actually hitting some moves and stuff, you know, I kind of was paying more attention. But then it was, like, Marafuji was pretty much in control for a majority of the match. And I just felt like nothing actually truly happened. I don't know. It, it just it didn't do much for me. It was It was okay. Uh, third match, uh, Daisuke Hirata, Go Shizaki, Kaito Kiyomiya, and Yohei defeated Kongo. How Katsuhiko Nakajima, Keno, and Tadasuke in 2019. And uh, having a 20-minute match when you're, as your third match of the show is a choice, I guess. But hey, um, It I've, was good. It was a good match. Like, I'm not complaining about it. but It, just, it was a bad. It's, it's weird placement for it. If anything, I'd at least like put that on fourth maybe like push soya and yeah. kitamiya up earlier in the show but um that was great seeing go and nakajima face off for the first time since they've split it's not actually the first time it's just the first time we've seen it because we didn't watch the um the whole yeah we haven't well we haven't watched split yet but we didn't watch the first show yet either where they were facing off but it's it still it was great to see them face off for the first time for our fresh eyes i guess yeah. <laughs> um but yeah like Overall, we like we said, it's a pretty good match. I don't understand why Go pinned Nakajima already. Um, I know Nakajima pinned him on like their first meeting, yeah. but it's still kind of weird. Like, you could even tell with the crowd they didn't understand it. They were like, well, "Really?" I guess I yeah I didn't really see how the crowd reacted. I thought they were kind of just looking around anyway near the end. But um, <laughs> I mean, I'm not too mad at it just because, like you said, Nakajima already pinned Go, so I'm like. Okay, so I guess this is a get back pin. I don't know. I, I'm not that upset about it. I think, I think there will still be plenty enough heat in that um, 
in that rivalry there where it doesn't really matter. Yeah, like we we talked about it while we were watching the show. I was like, it doesn't bother me that much, but I get why I it would why hurt people. people. Yeah. And it it takes a little bit of a heat away from it, I think. But it's people are gonna pop when fucking Nakajima beats Go for the oh, title, which yeah, is what's happening. But it's still like I still think this is like one of the hottest feuds in wrestling for me personally. I love this feud. So it's it's I this, don't I don't like it, but it doesn't bother me that much. Because it, it's like I don't want to compare shit, but I'm like honestly, this feud is already probably a lot hotter for me than like evil leaving lij which is kind of weird to say because <laughs> you would think that i would be more upset about that but i wasn't i was more upset freaking nakajima betraying go that was hard that was a heartbreaker for me i mean i, I liked evil leaving LIJ i liked and, like, it but i just thought this had more of a I definitely think this, uh, yeah i definitely think this me. is better because like for me i can understand why people were more emotional for that especially if you're a bigger evil fan because I'm like, I don't want to say I'm not an evil fan. I am. It's just he was probably lower on the LIJ totem pole for me. So it was kind of like, oh, you're leaving? Okay. Well, it's like a lot of the time, like, especially with like the title win. Not so much the, t- the turn, but the title win for yeah. evil. People seem like LIJ fans, at least, were actually happy for evil winning the that, title. Yeah, that's the thing. So I that's the we difference happy, here. Yeah. Like, LIJ fans are like, yeah, it's like, it's like oh, yay, he's gone, evil, but... Yay. Still, it's like it's happy like a LIJ guy won the title other than Naito finally. Pretty much. But I here it's just like fuck you. <laughs> well, Nakajima's done nothing wrong. I will say yeah. that at least. But no, like it's more of a guttural reaction. It's like oh god, no, please don't do this. When fucking uh, evil like did the two tweets to Naito at the end of the New Japan Cup Finals, I was like oh that's a, that's a choice I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't like a, oh no you're a dastardly villain why are you doing this it was. Which is so funny because we always talk about how, like, villainous he is. And then it's like, oh, he does this. <gasps> I can't believe this. But we talked way too much about a, like an undercard match. <laughs> um, uh, the next Those match. Those are my guys, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Uh, next match was a uh, block A match. Manaba Soya defeated Masakita Mia in 1256. Uh, it was about what you'd expect from these two. Two big muscular men running at each other and lairding each other very hard. Had some leg work with Kitamiya thrown in at the beginning. Uh, pace was a bit slow, but mm. I think it worked for the match they were trying to have. Uh, the backdrop from Soya off the top rope was excellent. And, uh, yeah, not much to see, but it's all work from these two. I don't think it's, like, must-see or anything, but it was, yeah. it was pretty good. I was going to say, I thought this was solid enough, you know, especially for the placement where it was at. Like you said, it was – I think the first half was pretty slow. Honestly, no. I think it was all a little bit slower than I expected it to be. But at least when we got to the second – part of it you know we got more into the big hoss type shit so that was definitely enjoyable there so overall it was a solid enough match yeah i think the pace overall was just slow as a whole yeah but i think it felt more slow in the beginning because it was a lot of it was a lot of legwork from uh, kitamiya so that's kind of made it feel more slow but i think the whole match is kind of slow paced but like i said i think it worked for the match style they were going for it's just solid match nothing to go out of your way to see but it worked for tonight I mean, this is like a house show and like a random yeah, show. Yeah, so it's like this isn't even one of the bigger shows, so it doesn't. Yeah. If this wasn't on, like, if this was uh, before the Russell Universe Cyber Agent bullshit, we wouldn't have never even saw this show probably. Pretty much. So, yeah, that's a good point that, with that, all of this so stuff. So that's like the mindset I'm in here. It's like normally we wouldn't see this match, so it's like it was good for the house, like for the people watching. Mm. So it's not like I would have enjoyed it. Yeah, I was say, if I was watching this live, it'd probably be even higher up for me. Like, <laughs> that's the thing with watching live wrestling. It's better when you watch it live. Um, 
next match was a block A match. Kazushi Sakuraba defeated Masaki Mochizuki in 8.28. It started off with Mochi attacking him from the bell, kicking him in the corner until he like rolled to the outside. Once uh, back in, they just started kicking each other, refusing to fall to each other's kicks. Turned into like some mat work for the two. Uh, back and forth kick match. Once both men like were on their feet after the mat work. Until Mochizuki knocked Sakuraba's ass out with a kick to the head. Match really kicked in the second gear after the, that. And then ended up being a fun little match from the end of it, to be honest. like It wasn't like anything blow away, but I enjoyed it a lot once it got to, towards the end of the match. Um, I thought this was an interesting match, to say the least. I don't think it's going to be like everyone's favorite. But um, I enjoyed it for what it was, especially once they started like really hitting each other like with a bunch of stiff kicks and shit. Um, overall, it was fine. It was kept under ten. Fine match. Then the uh, main event <clears throat> was a block B match: Takashi Sugiura defeating Shuhei Taniguchi in twenty-one fifty-seven. Uh, that was a pretty good match. I couldn't tell you much about the first half of the match <laughs> because nothing super noteworthy happened in it, other than like a nasty-looking apron spot bump from uh, Sugi, and uh, Inamura just, like, repeatedly headbuttoned Sugiura's shoulder in the corner of the ring. Uh, the finish was great, with Inamura continuing the, like, the headbutts while standing. Huh? What? Inamura. I mean, Taniguchi. <laughs> <laughs> I misspoke. <laughs> Either way, uh, Shuhei just kept headbutting uh, Sugiura in the, in the, um, while they were standing, then hitting one directly into Sugi's head, which is just gross looking but in the end uh Sugira hit a frankensteiner and snuck the pin in a very fast recount i want to say like that was, that was so quick <laughs> but it was pretty much what you expected from these two a bit too long in my opinion but pretty uh paint by numbers match for the majority of it but in the end it kicked up and ended up being a very good match solid main event yeah i thought it was a uh, pretty pretty good match overall like you said i think it kind of went on too long i think they could have cut off at least a few minutes from it just to you know save some of the first half from dragging as bad as it did since you know nothing truly super groundbreaking happened um but second half was really good it definitely when sugi hit that uh hit that frankensteiner that was pretty that was pretty cool but yeah that that three count was super freaking fast i, I was like wait that's why I didn't think it was over. I was like, what do you mean? Yeah, so even Shuhei was pissed off at the ref after that. And Shuhei was mad. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, overall, um, great first start, a great start to then one. Mm. First night, fucking, like, best tournament night so far, in my opinion. Night two was solid, better than anything, pretty much anything, Champions Carnival, so. Solid start to end one. Definitely following in line with my most anticipated tournament of the year so far. Yeah. <laughs> or, of these three i, I guess but you, yeah. but let's get into g1 because actually i think they started off really strong too uh before we get into the g1 though i do want to say I'm, i went to mo- like talk about this last episode but obviously um the will osprey situation if you like us are unhappy that osprey is wrestling in the g1 or still going Even wrestling there? wrestling in new japan Shit. without any repercussions at all for what he is alleged to have done in, in some port, like some ways already confirmed by some people. Um, uh, tweeting about it is probably not the best way to do it. I think you should um, email, go to the New Japan website. There's a way for them, you to contact them. Like, just fully explain why you're unhappy, like, un, 
you don't feel okay that Osprey is working for the company anymore or has felt no repercussions at all for his actions. And it seems like a lot of people have already done that, which is great to see. So if you are on that boat that don't aren't happy that uh, Osprey is involved in all this, uh, I definitely recommend doing that because they're not going to pay attention to your tweets, but if you do through their contact page, they're more likely to pay attention to it. I was going to say, um, of course, the Osprey stuff, but also if you want to email them and talk about Chase, Chase Owens also, just because I don't know if everyone has seen what he was alleged to have um, to have done, but yeah, you can pretty much find you can find that shit on Reddit. It's yeah, but um, if you also want to include him in it, if you feel uncomfortable with him still working with no repercussions, then feel free to do so. I think I think that's definitely going to be your best option is just to email. Like you said, they're not going to pay attention to your tweets because like pretty much everyone tweeted about it and look, nothing really fucking happened. So yeah, better than nothing. I mean, they did see the tweets about the Zack Saber Q and A shit, and then shut that shit down, Rex or Craig. But still, I think going a more formal route about it is a, a better idea. Yeah. And it's like from uh, Super J Cast guys, um, they were talking about it a little bit. Like they, they have actually like insiders in like the company, and they were saying like they've actually received a fair amount of uh, people sending them emails about it. So uh, keep sending them in if you're unhappy about him being in the company. And I'd also recommend checking out. Uh, Emily Pratt's uh, story yes. about it. I didn't read it, but I know I you did. did. So if you want to, yeah, she actually ended up putting um part two of it up to or not today. Was it today? I don't it was know. Like if... Today or yesterday? I okay, I th- actually I think it was today, but I don't remember for sure. But yeah, part two of her article about all of this went up today, and I think the first part went out uh, Friday. So I mean, I honestly, it's a long read, but it's definitely well detailed, well in depth definitely gives you the coverage of you know all the stuff that was unearthed about osprey and stuff like that goes into detail about some other people but you know it's it's mostly that just because he's still in the company um but i definitely recommend that if you want to sit down and you know take the chance and read it and spread you know retweet like it whatever you want to do but yeah yeah so you can i'm not sure what emily's uh twitter handle is but I know you retweeted the article, so if you want to check out, find it, uh, go to Caitlin's Twitter and you can find it probably, or among other tweets. But there's that. I think it was like um, the, the I think the new blog she's faced or um, writing for is yeah. Fan Fight. I think that's what it is. That's oh, I have her at yeah, her at yeah. Yeah, if you want to just go straight to Emily's uh, Twitter, her at is Emily of Pratt, and that's with two T's. But yeah, if you want to read more into this. Uh, check it out there. And like I said, if you feel uncomfortable with Osprey still working for the company without any repercussions, um, definitely uh, send like send an email to go to the contact page and let the company know that you are upset about this. We'll still talk about his matches a little bit, but I just wanted to let that unknown for everybody. So please, uh, if you are bothered by him, then make your voice heard. You're talking about it. I'm not. <laughs> I look a little bit about it. Yeah. But anyway, let's get into uh, night one for the G1 from uh, September 19th. First match, uh, Young Lion match. Yuya Uemura defeated Yoda Suji in 657. Uh, 
Susie shaved, which is a war crime. God, I hate that. Uh. His hair was really fluffy this night too, so that was nice. His hair at least. was fluffy uh, the next night too. Yeah, like his hair is really fluffy I feel now. Like he doesn't but have he shaved. Any, yeah, I don't think he's putting any product in it. It kind of looks like it reminds me of my hair when I go outside in humidity, and it just kind of like puffs up. But I mean, that's not a bad thing. It's just weird because I'm used to being slicked down, and I'm used to a fucking like facial hair, so that's really throwing me off. Yeah, the facial hair is really, like, the most egregious That's, thing here. Yeah, but, I, I hate it. Um, the submission finish sequence was really great, though. Like, Umaro was, like, really, like, leaning into him. Like, yeah, he was on, the, yeah. Boston Crab was nasty. Mm. Uh, the first uh, block match, the block A match, Will Ospreay defeated Yujiro Takahashi in 744. Uh, it basically felt just like a tune-up match for Osprey. Could have been worse, but it was just fine. Like, it was nothing. I honestly just skipped this one. Like, Osprey, like, I hope Osprey just got that superhero shit out of his system now in this match. Because no. that fucking corny-ass promo afterwards. So What's no, this, that fucking, like, flip and then do the superhero pose bullshit? I'm like, I, I hate that shit so much. I got, I hope he doesn't do this anymore, but he's going to keep doing it. But hopefully it's not every match at least. And Yeah, that promo, like, who, who does a promo after the second match of a fucking show? Like, <laughs> what the fuck was that shit? And then the fucking cadence, I forget who it was. It was someone in some Discord, I mean, I think it might have been the Duh, some Discord, yeah. but... It sounded like a fucking Kenny promo. Like, the cadence was just like that. And he's like, you know that's what they're trying to go for here. He probably didn't mean to be as arrogant as he sounded, but he sounded fucking uh, like an arrogant piece probably. of shit. And, yeah, like, that promo was fucking bad. So, <laughs> anyway. Enough about him. I don't want to talk about him anymore. Um, next match was a block A match. Uh, tai Chi defeating Jeff Cobb in 1247. These two have, like, weirdly good chemistry together. So, um, like, it's crazy to me. But, like, the whole narrative most have including myself about Cobb is that he's really only good with like flippy wrestlers and that can bump for him which is how he got over in like the first place on the indies but this is for sure not what Taichi is he is not a flippy wrestler so I guess he's the exception but it re- we really got peak Taichi here excellent kicks he still had some cheating but it was worked into the match well it was probably like the best Cobb match I've seen in a long time it was better than like all those like eggs he laid in the New Japan strong matches that he was on but yeah, like, I enjoyed this a whole lot. You didn't even bring up the fact that Cobb has a beard now. That was probably the most, like, ridiculous thing I ever had to see. But, anyways, um, I think you liked this match a little bit more than me. But maybe, again, that's because I'm, like, not a Cobb fan at all. So, um, <laughs> but Tai Chi overall did look good. But, I, but you know, I, I, I really enjoy Tai Chi. I don't think... I think people shit on him just because he's the easy person to target, but um, overall, I thought I thought it was fine. It was decent match to to just kick off, you know, the block action because nothing else happened before this. I do think like Tai Chi was the reason this was so good. Like yeah, Cobb, like think... Cobb actually like he like it was basically Tai Chi made this good and Cobb didn't underperform, so it kind of turned yeah. into a really good match. I, I know. Not um, that. I know some. I definitely think I think Taiji's gonna have better matches than this for sure, but I still thought this. Was, Ooh, him and Suzuki. Him and Suzuki's gonna be Ooh. fucking great. I can't wait for that. God, if they like an egg and egg, I'm gonna be so <laughs> I'll be so disappointed. Is that tomorrow? I don't think. Tonight. So. Is it? Well, we'll get to that in a minute. I already have the whole list. Okay. So once we get to the end of the show, we'll <laughs> I can't talk keep about that. Yeah, there's already so much already. <laughs> but yeah, like definitely a good match. Check it out. Uh, next match was a block A match. Minoru Suzuki defeated Tomohiro Ishii in 13 minutes. Uh, really great match. 
hard hitting, of course. A lot of uh, Suzuki just being a bastard, torturing Ishii, wrapping his limbs in the barricade while Ishii just kind of responded by hitting him back even harder. Ishii was able to take control and then do some like his own shit on uh, Suzuki, including just like straight up stepping on the man's face. Like that spot was great. <laughs> Had a really fast pace pace segment after that with each man uh, running the ropes and trying to knock the other one down until Ishii hit a German. Got a headbutt spot, then slap exchange between the two. Another headbutt from Ishii and Hilariot. Suzuki went for a pile driver, but Ishii reversed it and just dropped the man on his fucking head. Like I, <laughs> God, this man's fucking fifty and he's taking spots like that. Like. Bro, he's oh god, go. I love Suzuki. Uh, finished game with Suzuki, avoiding the brain buster and reversing it into the God style pile driver, and great finish to a pretty great match. Like I love this match. I definitely think this is better than everything in Champions Carnival so far, mm. and mm. probably better than most of N one, or better than like all of N one except for like Kano and Nakajima. Mm. That's was, that depends yeah. on your, your taste, I guess. I know you enjoyed <laughs> Nakajima and Kano a lot. Yeah. But, yeah, like... Because that's more my style. Yeah. So. But this is, like, a fucking great match, so... Yeah. i definitely check this one out. I was going to say, this was still, you know, I thought it still was a great match. I'd still put it up there as one of the better tournament matches so far. Like you said, I think it was better than most uh, Champion Carnival stuff. Better than most in one stuff. Not Keno Nakajima, but it, you know, it it was what I expected, I just expected a great match because we all know Ishii is usually like the MVP of the fucking G1, so not much different to, you know, whatever. Um, I'm curious to see if Suzuki can keep up, like, performances like this all the time. Probably, well, I mean, he's not facing Ishii each night, so doesn't have to worry about that. And plus, he doesn't have to work every night, so <laughs> that's pretty nice for him. Um, but yeah, great match, really good start for Suzuki and... Ishii, even though he lost, but it still looked really good. Yeah, I'm excited to see how Suzuki does this tournament. Like, he honestly had a really great year this year. Like, he, he had has. this match. I think he's he had a Shingo match. Had, yeah. I think he he's had Nagata in the New Japan Cup. Like, oh, God, yes. Yeah, like, Suzuki's <laughs> had a really good year this year, surprisingly. Now they're actually kind of showcasing him a little bit. But, yeah, like, this man fucking old as fuck. <laughs> Not old as fuck, he's but my, he's, like, 50s. Like, but still, on, it's, like, him being... Him, I get what you're saying. He's in his yeah. 50s like, as a wrestler. It's kind of old, I guess, as, like, as far as prime goes, I guess. It's kind of, like... But this man, yeah. he is still putting on great performances like, at this it age. It reminds and me of Sugi, because Sugi's 50, mm-hmm. and he's still out here wrestling like crazy. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm excited to see how Suzuki does this tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, next match was a block A match. Jay White defeated Shingo Takagi in 1928, and... I enjoyed this a lot. Yeah, buddy. Like the, uh, a lot of good heel work from Jay early, stalling from the start. Started ramming Shingo into the barricade while Milano shriveled in fear. That was I love that spot so much. <laughs> um, seemed like Jay's target was Shingo's back throughout the match. Anytime he got the chance, he was just going at his back. There was a portion of the match where Shingo just started like unloading punches onto Jay while they were on the outside, just not even giving a shit. Like, I'm just going to punch you in the face. Leave me alone. Um, there was a really good sequence where Jay hit a Kiwi cut. Kiwi Crush, Kiwi Crusher. Kiwi Crusher, God. Too many, yeah, like K A C. I mean, I had, I had, a, I had a speech impediment when I was a kid. Give me, give me a break. <laughs> um, for a near fall, and then um, he hit the Kiwi Crusher, and then went for the, like the near fall. Then he went for the Blade Runner, but Shingo pulled his hair to stop him from hitting the Blade Runner. I, that, that was a great spot. Uh, Should have pulled his beard off. Yeah. Uh, Jay went for another Shingo. Uh, went for another Blade Runner, but Shingo reversed it into a made, uh, made in Japan, which is great. 
Shingo hit a lash to the dragon, but Ratchet was knocked out, so he couldn't make the count. But in the end, uh, Jay finally hit the Blade Runner for the win, and there's a fair bit of bullshit, but it didn't bother me at all. Like, honestly, like, I, I know people complain about Jay's bullshit, but in this match, it didn't bother me at all. Cause I think because, like, at least when I come into, um, like, G1 tournaments or whatever, I'm expecting it. I'm just so used to it now. I'm like, okay. And, like, I don't even think it was that bad. Like you said, I don't think the interference here was honestly, like, the worst thing that they've ever done. It wasn't, like, 20 minutes long. So, I can't really complain. Yeah, like, and honestly, even in, the, in like, in the bullshit, um, Shingo generally had it scouted. Like, Yeah, and that was he, the other thing. So, it was, like, until the end where he, like, it ended up being the downfall, Shingo was he basically ready for all knew. of it. So, yeah. it's, like, I thought they worked it well. So, I don't know. The bullshit didn't bother me at all. So, I thought it was a really good match. I wouldn't call it a great match. Yeah, I'm but, not going great. But I still thought it was a really good match. Really enjoyable match. So, I, I got really not a whole lot of complaints about it. I was going to say, you pretty much hit the nail on the head with everything here. Uh, thought it was a good match. Definitely really good for, you know, to see Jay back in Japan. And especially, you know, you get to have your first match back with Shingo. So, can't really complain too much about that. Um, I'm curious to see how the rest of his tournament goes, just because I think he's going to end up being one of the top guys if he's not, you know, the winner of the block. But we'll see. We'll see, I guess. But good start for Jay. And I guess we gotta talk about the main event too. Why? Why? Why do we have to talk about this? <laughs> um, main it's event our is other the... ace. Uh... <laughs> yes. Uh, not a good, great showing for the aces of Japan this week. <laughs> Endo wore a bandana though, so he's at least the one ace. That's he is my the king. ace. But uh, we're not talking about that show though. We're talking about G one. Uh, so um, main event of the show was a G one block A match. Kota Ibushi defeated Kazuchika Okada in twenty one thirty five. And uh, this match was just the first 10 to 15 minutes of every big Okada match, except it was the entire match. <laughs> except for, like, the added goofy-looking submission that he has now, the money clip shit. Like, I God, forgot what it was called already. Wow. Like, God bless Ibushi for trying to drag this yeah. into a positive rather than a match. But I cannot believe that people think this is, like, for... Like, there, there are people that think this was a great match, and I, I, I don't understand Where? it at all. Like, I was bored. They legit. did nothing this entire match. Ibushi really Literally, tried. Ibushi tried his damnedest to make this into something, and like he made it passable at least. Yeah. But if Ibushi had, but tried, this was fucking nothing. Yeah. Like this, they just skip this fucking match. Honestly, if you haven't watched it, you probably have if you're listening to this. But <laughs> just skip this shit. Uh, I didn't want to say it was bad, but it was bad. Um. I guess I could move it to passable just because Ibushi was trying his hardest here. This was, again, like, I just felt bad for Ibushi. Like, you're in, you're in the main event, and you would think you, your opponent would kind of want to try, but I I just, in the whole thing of, like, Okada not, you know, being the same Okada as, like, a work or some bullshit, I'm like, okay. <laughs> he, he hasn't been, none of, really none of his, like, covid era stuff has been that great except for like some stuff here and there but other than that i'm like all right um this this just was a mess yeah <laughs> yeah i'm not gonna get into the whole is okada wash is he not washed kind of story right now because like i can't say that i don't like saying that who knows really like 
that maybe this is a work, but even if it was a work, it's still fucking. I'll say that's the problem. Even if it was a work, this match sucked. Yeah. So, wow, he worked us into having a terrible match. Congratulations, I guess. Yeah, I'm like. Like maybe he'll have a few great matches throughout the rest of the tournament. He probably will, to be honest. We'll see, but just. Oh, he's gonna come back and he's gonna start using the rainmaker and all that shit. I'm like, well, can you just use the rainmaker now or something? Cause this fucking, this submission is just not. It's not it, and it just drags everything else down. Just yeah, with that one move. It's like this wouldn't bother me so much if it wasn't for the fact that everyone said always says or for like the past year everyone's saying Naito and Tana are washed. Especially and Naito, we, we, we and we'll get to that in a minute, that. but apparently they're know. washed, but Okada, oh, it's storyline, it doesn't matter, don't worry, wait. That's what I don't like. like, if like... Just, just say Okada had a ma- bad match and move on. Yeah, I'm like, it's fine to say that someone you like didn't have a good match, it's okay. I started off the show saying Julia had a fucking boring match, and she's like one of my, fa- one of my favorite girls you in stardom right now. Ashino's had two disappointing Yeah, like, I, li- I literally said during the show that Ashino is like the worst matches of the tournament. I don't think they were his fault, but I'm willing to admit right, right, right. they were bad matches. Like, I don't I don't know why people need to automatically just defend their favorites at all times, but that's the same thing with promotions anyway. It's like, True. oh, this promotion sucks. Oh, I get so mad because they're my promotion. <laughs> I'm going to argue on Twitter with people about it, like. I don't have the time or energy yeah, to like, argue about any promotion. That's fucking stupid. Or wrestler, to be honest. Like, yeah, like that's like if Hiromu had a bad match, he had a bad match. Yeah, I'm like, I don't give I a don't fuck. I don't care. If you don't like it, that's fine. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I'm not defending but, my favorites every <laughs> five seconds. But, uh, uh, despite this dog shit main event, I do want to say this first night of G1 is actually decent. Like, the problem with the G1, as far as quality goes, is that you have a vaster field so you have more matches and more potential to have Better, bad or yeah. mid matches mm-hmm. so even if you have really great matches like Ishii and Suzuki or Shingo and Jay you still have the potential to have that main event or <laughs> Yujiro and Osprey so it's yeah. like that's the problem with the um, G1 that I think N1 has a better lock that they have less yeah. people and more potential to have greater matches and then James Carnival also had that, but they kind of didn't. They just squandered yeah, that. Yeah, they kind of squandered so, that, so. that might just be a booking thing with some, but yeah. some it's just, yeah. Still, I want to say, despite the lackluster main event, I did enjoy Night 1 of G1. Yeah, yeah. So. Let's get into it, too. Let's get, let's get into Night 2. Night Which 2. Which I really, really like. Yeah, Night 2 uh, G1 is really great. Like, definitely, I think Night 1 of N1 was the best tournament match, or tournament night yeah. so far. This would definitely this would be second. Definitely be right there. And it had the best match of the tournament so far. But, uh... I wonder which one it yes, is. Yes, I wonder which one it is. Uh, let's get into it. Uh, first match was Yoda Suji defeating Gabriel Kidd in 9-15. And, yeah, don't remember anything about this. <laughs> Just uh, young boy match. I don't remember. Yeah. It. I think I was spaced out. <laughs> um, oh, God. Second match was a G1 uh, Block B match. Juice Robinson defeated Yoshihashi in 15-57. and Yo, we got some new fashion. I, just, I, can't, I cannot deal with fucking <laughs> Juice's Bruce, or, like, Blues, Blues Brothers, Brothers bullshit. Like, this looks fucking terrible. Like It's the Bullet Club gear, baby. Like, he looked like Baron Corbin, except <laughs> with a better hairline. Like, it literally looked like Baron Corbin gear when he had, like, the tank top shit, when Finn oh. was calling him, like, a... Oh, no, that was, that was when he had, like, the dress shirt, but... Um, he, he basically looked like Baron Corbin, like NXT days. Like it was fucking awful. The, the trunks he has are good. Actually. I actually like the trunks just cause of the sparkle. Yeah, it's like a sparkly, it's just plain black. It's the top. It's just like, it's so black. It's the fucking like basically white, 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 like white beater, white beater fucking tank he has. 
His facial hair is fucking shit because of the fucking like the sideburns now. And then his hair is like don't get me started oh, it's like, on his fucking his, hair. His whole look is awful except for the fucking trunks. And where is this flamboyant? None of that's flamboyant. Like sparkle is okay. That's not super flamboyant, my guy. And people complain about cosplay wrestlers. Juice is literally a cosplay a wrestler, wrestler, except he he cosplays is like decades of American pop culture <laughs> because he got this shit. He got like the Elton John look before that. Yeah. He got the fucking '80s shit or like the d- disco, whatever. Like, I don't know. Anyway, this was fucking <laughs> awful look, but despite the bad look, he actually looked good in this match. So. Like, honestly, like, it didn't look like he lost a step at all, having, like, so few, like, like no matches, really, since... Remember he had a leg injury? Yeah, quote-unquote leg injury, but I'm pretty sure that was just because he got tatted up. Cause yeah. Because his legs looked way like, more fucking ink than he had. Yeah, I was like, what the hell are those tattoos? I was like, what? So, I think that might have been his leg injury that he got out of the New Japan Cup USA for, but... Anyway, like I said, Juice looked really good in this match. Yoshihachi was able to hang in him there with him also like honestly yoshihashi looked better than juice in my yoshihashi opinion yoshihashi is too much damn hate okay i get it but, but still yeah it's like all in all this match had like no reason to be as good as it was like yeah. these two really worked their ass like busted their asses and had a really good match so i definitely recommend this match it was a pretty fun match great way to kick off the night yeah i hate the look but the match was really good so i can't complain too much uh this was definitely way better than it needed to be, but the guys gave really great efforts. Like you said, Juice looked like he didn't lose a step. He was definitely, you could tell he was just really happy to be back and stuff. Um, I do think Yoshihashi was a tad bit better, and somehow he looked cooler compared to Juice with his new gear, so that's really confusing me right now. Yeah, like, how you in a match with fucking Yoshihashi, and you look, like, you look like the bigger geek of the two. Like, come on, Juice. But despite all that, it really was a good match and definitely, like, a really good uh, tournament match to start off the night. Uh, next match was a match G1 Black B match. Uh, Tariano Yano defeated Sonata by countout in 6-16 and uh, say goodbye to Pirate King Sonata, I guess, which is sad. Like I've, I actually like Pirate King. That was probably my favorite hair. look of his. I like his hair. I did not like his hair. I like the blonde. He looked like a weird, like, poodle. I mean, by the end of it, he kind of needed to get a At haircut. First, yeah. When he first debuted it, it looked That's great. Fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do, yeah, but I, I do like the uh, silver he has now. But you know what? He probably had to switch the gear because it always kept getting ripped on his ass. So. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say like I'm sad to see the Pirate King Sonata go, but also it kind of needed to happen if he wasn't gonna fucking change his trunks because they were yeah. they ripped all the fucking time. But yes, I like. But his uh. Face. Yeah, now we got, like, com- like Space Skull It's, kitty. like, Space Cyber... Like, it's looks, a Cyber God. Looks like a common Rider kind of thing to me, honestly. Like, with, like the shoulder pads. Okay. That's kind of what it leans like, you know what? towards yeah, me, at least. I get that. Like... Now I get that, yeah. It, it really looked like like some Pirate... Or some Power Ranger shit with the fucking, like, shoulder it. pads. Like but, yeah, it looked great to me. I did see someone saying, like, oh, um, Evil and Sonata break up and now they have matching gear. And I'm like, I don't... I didn't see that. I don't, does it really match to you? I don't think it does. It doesn't match because I think Sonata's is, like, way too shiny compared to Evil's, like, bland nothing gear. Um, I don't, I don't see, uh, I don't think they match. I think it's just it's something different. I don't know. I don't know. People always read into this shit way too much, so. But, uh, I, either way, I still thought his gear looked great, so. Yeah. 
He pretty much always has great gear, honestly, other than that fucking, like, bull. Please, please. What was that, G127, please, I think? Please, that, that was I fucking terrible. God. Oh, God. Um, anyway. Um, <laughs> he was great in this match, though. Like, he was a great uh, straight man for uh, Yano. At one point, the ref had, like, had to reach down Yano's trunks to pull out tape from in there, like, because I guess Sonata, like, felt it. Oh, my God. Um, Sonata went for a paradise lock on Yano, but Yano just hit him in the head with the turnbuckle to stop him from doing it um then yano went outside stole a seat from the crowd and sat down and nearly got counted out from it uh him and sonata dueled it out with the turnbuckles sonata put him in the paradise lock on the outside and left him for dead but then fucking uemura came and let him go sonata got pissed and like started putting uemura in the paradise lock but while he was doing it yano taped their legs together which led to sonata getting tapped out but uh i love this match it's so fucking funny I really love those shades of Hiromu being tied to Suji here. <laughs> but instead it was Sonata and Uemura. That was just great. Honestly, the whole match itself was just really fucking great. Um, it was, you know, I always love Yano in this. I know there's some people that always be like, why is Yano in this and shit? And I'm like, why not? He makes this shit fun. Think I want to sit here and watch all serious wrestling all the time? No. But I thought it was... I thought the match was really funny. I thought it was really good. Um, and, of course, yeah, like we were just discussing, I love the gear. I absolutely love the gear. I love the hair. Uh, this look is absolutely it. He looks like a star to me. I think he looked like a star with the pirate stuff, but, you know, I think this, this is the one, baby. And I just love watching people get mad about Yano, like, acting like he shot their family in front of them. Bro, like, people get so you. fucking mad. Yeah, like, I, um... John stole my fucking uh, screenshot and posted it on Twitter and got all the fucking all the likes memes. and retweets from me. But either way, like, <laughs> um, no, like, like, I just love how Yano mad he makes good, people. Yeah. It's so fucking hilarious. It's like, it's okay. It's funny because it's like, Yano will get people pissed off on cage match, but then Sonata gets like Twitter all riled up. And I'm like, Why? I still don't under. I'm not gonna get into this argument again because I don't care about anyone's answer. But yeah, it, it just never makes any sense to me. But yeah, this was like Sonata's best match all year. Like you said, that it was, was like fucking, the first. It was so fucking. Yeah, I love this fucking shit. Um, but uh, let's get to the next match. Oh well. Um, not much. To... <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> G1 climax block B match. Uh, Kenta defeated Hiroki Goto in 1715. He finally has his music back. But he, but he changed his hair, like, hair. fucking bastard. Like, I missed the fluffy hair already. God, I was so depressed, especially when he said he, he was going to cut it. I was like, fuck you, ultimate heel. This was, that was the worst thing when he came out without the long hair. I was like, this, this just sucks. Anyways. I just love that the crowd couldn't boo him, so he booed the crowd. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was fucking great. But um, uh, other than that, uh, not much to say about this one, to be honest. Like, it wasn't bad. It wasn't blow away. It was well worked, just not really that exciting. Mm-hmm. At the very least, it was miles ahead of like anything Kenta's done in Only Japan Strong up to this point because he's been facing crop. Like I probably may- maybe put the Fredericks match above this, maybe. I did like that. But um, either way, I'm I'm happy to see him uh, have some better opponents other than just Cobb, and uh, he won with the game over, which apparently he called his shot on Twitter saying he'd win it with that move because um, he used it to win the GHC title in the same building. So that was a cool little storyline through it but yeah yeah, i'll say uh not much to say about this match honestly 
Yeah, I couldn't get into this one at all. Um, I think at that point I was just looking at what the NFL scores were for that time. So, um, yeah, it doesn't say too much there. I mean, the NFL scores were pretty fucking wild yesterday. Bro, that shit was wild. Oh, yeah, let's go Colts. Won a fucking game, finally. God, we should not have fucking lost to fucking uh, who, uh, Jacksonville. Jacksonville. Fucking Tony Khan, you fucking bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Arsenal beat uh, Fulham, so that was a bigger deal. But or that was like two two weekends ago or a weekend ago. But either way, fuck you, Tony Khan. <laughs> so, um, didn't they fucking win their match too? Who? Or their game, not match. Uh, no, they lost to the Titans. Oh yeah, thank you, three. Tony Khan, or thank you, Titans. You defeated the bastard, Tony Khan. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. another win in the division, so. Uh, I'd say it's, it was division either way, but still. Anyway. <laughs> I will, we will defeat Tony Khan <laughs> through football. Both, both footballs. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, semi-main, um, block B match. Why am I saying block B match? Because they're all block matches. I don't know why you've been saying the blocks. This is for, for Yeah, say for G1, know, they're all the same blocks. I'm used to it. Anyway, um, Zack Sabre Jr. defeated Evil in 1554. I really enjoyed this match a lot. Um, it didn't last five seconds before Dick got involved. Uh, it was a barricade running spot, followed by Evil slamming Zack hard on the on his back on the outside. That was a great spot. It was followed by Evil throwing Zack into an exposed turnbuckle. Evil used Dick as leverage to like, lay in a hold, which was great. I love that. But uh, Zack was able to avoid getting thrown into the turnbuckle a second time. It took control of the match for a bit. Started working over Evil's arm. Evil blocked an octopus hold by just tearing at Zack's ear. That was awesome. Uh, and then he hit a brain buster off the top rope. Uh, Zack had Evil locked up, but Dick got on the apron, distracted the ref. Then Evil just like ran Zack into Red Shoes, into the exposed turnbuckle, like just killing Red Shoes. Which, I know people hate about hate ref bumps, at least some people do. But at least this one made sense. Mm-hmm. Because... Red Shoes got ran into an exposed turnbuckle. So that's going to take someone out. And slammed by Zack. Yeah. So, like, him being out for a long time made sense, at least in this context. Then after that, uh, Dick and Evil started attacking Zack. But when they went for the uh, Magic Killer, Zack escaped. And uh, Evil went for a low blow, but Zack caught his leg with his legs. And then... That was so cool. That was that spot. And then... But it, he got him, like, in a leg hold, but only for Evil to, uh, like, kick him into the turnbuckle, the exposed turnbuckle again. And uh, I love the finish with Zack basically reversing the um, Evil into a flash pin. Yeah. But, yeah, like, this is by far, like, my favorite Evil match since he joined Bullet Club. For sure. And this is a great match. Like, I get if you don't like the interference stuff, but this is, like, way less egregious than, like, all the other evil stuff even though i didn't hate that as much most, most people did but if you hate that this was better than that to me but i don't know i think this was the portion where i was just kind of starting to not feel good so i didn't really take too many notes but overall i enjoyed the match um i feel like zach is always kind of evil's kryptonite anyway so i wasn't really surprised by the result i guess um like you said, the interference was whatever. Again, I'm kind of just expecting it now. And like you said, at least it was logical for why the ref was out so long. It's not like he just took like one little hit to the face. 
But, um, yeah. And I, I love the ending. I love the reversal. I thought that was absolutely sick. Zach's really good with that shit, obviously. But, yeah, I thought definitely pretty solid uh, semi-main. Yeah, and it's like, I don't think the problem with evil in Bullet Club is the, like, the bullshit and, like, the match structure. The problem is that it was fucking, like, 30-minute long matches. Pretty much. This is a 15-minute match. It had the bullshit. I still enjoyed it. thought it was great. Zach was a perfect baby face in peril yeah, here. Yeah. Even though, like, I mean, he's still a heel or whatever, but, like, in this match, he was... He, flipped, he flipped it on, and, like, he was getting punished, and he was great at this. Whenever, if we, if, when we ever get a Zach face run in New Japan, I'm really excited for that. But, yeah, like, he worked this perfectly as a face. Evil's bullshit was good. So, yeah, I thought it was, it was a great time, man. Then the main event. Um, Tetsuya Naito defeated Hiroshi Tanahashi in 27-16. This match was fucking amazing. Like, if you, I, I don't know what you were watching if you hated this match, honestly. Like, I, yeah, like, honestly. Like, one of my favorite matches of the year, match of the year contender. Definitely, for sure. Like, if you were going fucking bullshit star ratings, like four, three quarters, five stars, whatever, around that range. Tetsuya. But, I don't really care about star ratings that much. Same. But, <laughs> either way, like, this is, like, going to be on my match of the year list, probably. Mm-hmm. Like, Basically, they flipped the switch and all. Like, they went back to like 2017, 2016. Oh, yes, like, when they were fucking yay. Like, they just were like, oh, we're just going to kill ourselves this match and probably go the rest of the tournament. At least Tana, at least. I think. Naito will give some good performances. Tana will too, but yeah, I think he's going to coast for most of it. Well, here's where we get into like the Okada stuff. Oh, the washed. The washed up stuff. All, like, Naito, Tana, and Okada. They are all broken down. They've been doing this main event style for years. Mm. Honestly, Okada's been more in that because he's had more main events. He's been going he was too a long. He's been champion for like two yeah, he's years. Been, had champion for like ever. Like, if anything, Okada is younger than these two, but he's, been, he's broken. He's had more main events than these guys have. Mm. So all three of them are their bodies are broken down. The difference is these two can fucking cover for that more. Naito, or, or Okada doesn't have that much. And if you watch the fucking Ibushi match, he didn't cover for any of his, like, broken down body at all. Here, these two made up for it in spades and still put on, like, big spots. And they just made the big spots matter. Mm. Uh, match started with Tana attacking Naito's knees. Like, he's, like, he was mad that Naito slightly. has slightly wor- better working knees than he has. Uh Naito rolled out to stretch his leg a little bit. And Tano was just vibing to the crowd, clapping along with him. Uh, Naito did, like, the Tranquilo pose shit. And Tano tried to, like, send Tano onto him while he was doing the pose. But Naito just rolled out, trying to avoid it. I think he was trying to avoid it, but I think Tano still landed on him a little bit. Mm. But Naito just acted like he did. (laughs) So that was funny. Now that I I watched the gift back. When when I watched it live, I didn't realize that he actually landed on him. But watching the gift back later, it kind of... I think the camera angle kind of helped. Mm-hmm. And uh, fucking Tana hit a fucking uh, high five flow off the top row on Naito to the oh. outside. That was, like really early that in the match, so surprisingly. Insane. Like if that was like later in the match, it would have been like would have kind of made more sense. But him doing it that early in the match and it's still going on to the rest of the performance, yeah, I was I don't like, that's fuck fucking crazy. Knees. Like, I know he was. Mm, oh, he got some aspirin. Or yeah, as soon as he got back, he was probably like chugging fucking aspirin. <laughs> um. Naito tried to get 
like into the uh, ring after that. Batana just repeatedly did like dragon corkscrews on his leg oh, through the ropes. Brutal. It was followed by like a long cloverleaf segment, which looked just painful. Like Tana was really leaning into it, making Naito look like he was in pain. Uh, Tana hit some really great looking sling, sling blades. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went for two more high flo- high five flows, but whipped on the second one. Like literally every time he goes for a. Whenever he does a second one. Yeah, every time I'm like, just I'm don't like, do just it, idiot. It. Like, but um, like if you wanted to mark this match for anything, it was like some of the the, the final sequence with the Destinos looked a little bit awkward at time, a little bit. But I don't give a fuck. Like. Yeah, I was saying I don't give a fuck. I was too emotionally yeah, invested. I was really, fuck that shit. Yeah, say so when you get invested into a match, I think it doesn't really matter if they make a few mistakes. I still think it's like I don't even think they were that like big of a deal. Yeah, like I still thought it was like phenomenal match, best match of any of these tournaments, yeah. and it's probably like, it's a match of the year contender in my opinion. Yeah, I was gonna say like just just this just ruled. Um, you know, we woke up. And I checked on Twitter and everything, and all I saw was praise for this match. And I was like, oh. I was like, oh, man, they did it, didn't they? They had a banger of a match, and that's exactly what they did. Um, Again, it's just... I just get so tired of people saying, like, these two guys are washed or anything. I'm like, do we just not watch the same things? (laughs) Like, it's fine not to be a fan of, like, their work, but I just... You can't sit there and watch that and tell me that that wasn't, like, one of the best matches of this year. And definitely, tournament-wise, I really don't know what could possibly top that. Um, I guess maybe it depends on finals of stuff, but at least, like, G1 finals, I don't think anything's going to top this first match. But, yeah, that's all the uh, tournament shows we want to talk about so far. Overall, enjoying all the tournaments. If I had to rank them so far, definitely N1's number one so far. Just because the first night. Was great, yeah. But it's basically tied with G1 just because this main event of mm-hmm. night two of G1 was match of the year level. And then, unfortunately, Champions Carnival's number two, three. But uh, we'll talk about uh, top performers from each tournament once it's a little more even of a field since um, N1 and G1 have only had... Um, Two nights each, and most a lot of the wrestlers have only had one match. Mm-hmm. But um, once we get to the end, we'll uh, talk a little bit about our top three for each tournament so far. But uh, let's get into what we're going to be talking about next week. Well, <sighs> we're going to be talking about all of the tournament matches, or all the tournaments that are taking place from today, Monday, uh, September 21st, to next week, uh, Monday, September 28th. For uh, upcoming uh, Champions Carnival matches, first we'll go through the uh, point totals as they are right now. For A Block, uh, Suama's at two points, Zeus is at six, Jake Lee is at six, Kumarashi is at zero, and then Jiro Kuroshio is at two. For B Block, Kento Miyahara is at four, Shuji Ishikawa is at four, Yoshitatsu is at two. Yuma Aoyagi's at four, but he's already had all his matches, so he can't uh, he can't break the tie or whatever with Kento and Suama. And Shotaro Shino's at two. So it pretty much comes down to Zeus and Jake Lee and uh, Kento and Shuji for each block. They're, uh, the final show of uh, Champions Carnival, at least the final block show, 
It's going to take place on September 26th. It's going to be Jake Lee versus Zeus. Jiro Kuroshio versus Kuma Arashi. Kento Miyahara versus Chuji Ishikawa. Uh, Yoshitatsu versus Shotaro Oshino. So, uh, got any picks on who you think is going to win these? Um, who do you, you think is going to be the finals at least? Shit. I'm going to say it's going to be, I think it's going to be Jake versus. Okay. Oh, fuck. Who does he face? Um, I know. <laughs> I'm going to say Kento. Jake versus Kento. Yeah, that's kind of what I was leaning towards. I was like, I'm not sure if I want to put Jake or Zeus. I think I'll stick with Jake and Kento. Now watch, it's not going to be that. <laughs> I just want Jake to win. Yeah, I, I hope Jake wins. But we'll see. I'm scared. Then for uh, N1, go through the standings as they are right now. Goshiyazaki is at two points. Manabasoya is at two points. Kazushi Sakuraba is at two points. Kaito Kiyomiya is at one. Masaki Mojizuki is at one. And then Masaki Tamita is at zero. For B Block, Takashi Sugiura is at four points. Katsuhiko Nakajima is at two points. Uh, Marfuji is at two points. Keno is at zero. Shuei Tanaguchi is at zero. And Yoshiki Namura is at zero. But they even had like, a lot of them have only had one match. I was going to say, Sugi's like the only, well. He's the only one that's had two matches so far. Inamura. Oh, yeah, Inamura's had two, but he's two losses, right? As far as what's going to be coming up, we have uh, four matches, or four Ooh. shows for uh, Noah. <laughs> <laughs> um, September 26th, Goshiyazaki versus Sakuraba. Kiyomiya versus Kitamiya. Marafuji versus Sugira. Keno versus Taniguchi. Then uh, September 23rd, there's two shows early. And a late show. Early show is Kiyomiya versus Soya. Kiyomiya versus Sakuraba. Nakajima versus Taniguchi. And Keno versus Inamura. And then the late show is uh, Shiozaki versus Mojizuki. Kiyomiya versus Sakuraba. Sugiura versus Nakajima. And Marafuji versus Keno. I don't know why Fight chose the uh, first show. Dude, why would you choose the first show when you have the late one? Yeah, late one's way better, but I think it's just because the time zones. Time zones, yeah. It makes it's, sense. It's going to be like midnight for East Coast, uh, not nine for West Coast, and then whatever for other time zones, but probably better. Yeah, I guess. And then uh, September 26th, Shiozaki versus Kitamiya, Mojizuki versus Soya, Marafuji versus Taniguchi, and Nakajima, Nakajima versus Inamura. So... As a whole, some uh, really good N1 matches lined up. For uh, G1, A Block, <laughs> Kota Bushi's at 2, Jeff Cobb's at 0, Okada's at 0, Ishii's at 0, Osprey at 2, Shingo at 0, Suzuki at 2, Taichi at 2, Jay White at 2, and Yujiro at 0. Uh, B Block standings, Tanahashi at 0. Juice at 2. Uh, Goto at 0. Yano at 2. Yoshihashi at 0. Naito at 2. Sonata at 0. Uh, Zack at 2. Kenta at 2. And Evil at 0. Uh, for upcoming matches. 23rd. <sighs> Cobb versus Shingo. God. Okada versus Yujiro. Suzuki versus Taichi. I'm excited about that. I'm excited least. about that. Ishii I versus Osprey. Sorry. <laughs> Ishii gonna have a great match against himself. Wow. 
uh, and then Jay versus Ibushi. The 24th, Goda versus Sonata. Tanahashi versus Yano. Juice versus Kenta. Yoshihashi versus Evil. Oh. And Zack versus Naito. Ah, I'm intrigued by that one. And then uh, the 27th, Taichi versus Yujiro. Suzuki versus Cobb. Ibushi versus Ishii. Osprey versus Shingo. Oh, Christ. And White versus Okada. Here we go. Everybody's so, uh, going to be... But uh, that's what we have to look forward to, and we're going to cover all those shows next week. Uh, could be a lot, but... <laughs> some some nights I'm more excited for others, but I think each... I uh, think each night has at least a couple of matches that look really good. It's just... It's a lot of nights. Yeah, I'd say it's like eight <laughs> shows, so... Oh it's going to be a lot for us to watch, but... Um, Keeps us busy. Yeah. I think we're going to watch them all in general. It's just oh, like yeah. taking notes and having takes on everything is really the hard part, but... Yeah. No, I'm, I'm really excited to watch all these shows. At least certain matches on each show. Uh, for matches of the week, I think we're just going to talk about our top three from each tournament up to this point. Uh, start with the Champions Carnival, because that's what we started with. As a whole, for Champions Carnival, mm-hmm. my match of the tournament is still Jake versus Suwama. Mm. Uh, probably Ashino versus Yuma in second. And then Zeus and Nika in third. Do you have any different any different um, opinions? Yeah, my first is still definitely Jake and Suama. I don't think that's going to change. Second is the same. Um, I'm trying to think what my third would even be. I don't know. I'd probably just go with that. I guess I I can't think of it. <laughs> I can't think of any off the top of my fucking head right now. For N one. Keno Nagajima is a clear number yeah, one. Yeah. Hmm. I'd say Soya and Go is my number two. Mm. Even though kind of got distracted a little bit during yeah, it, but yeah. I still think that was probably like, the best. Because I think, like we said, like, again, like night one was the best of the two so far. Let's see. And then number three, probably Sugira and Shuhei. Oh, really? Oh, which, which? I was just going to say, at least for third, I might, I might put Sugi and Inamura, but. I think both were good. I think both were really good. Yeah, see, they're they're about the same range. Yeah. It just depends on your preferences, I, I guess. I think I like the Inamura one just because it was a little bit shorter. And there was a little bit more, I guess, compact into it. I don't know. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, for G1, um, clear number one, uh, Naito and Tanahashi. Uh, number two, uh, Ishii and Suzuki. And, um... Uh... Sonata, Yana. Yeah, I know you're going to pick Sonata. Yana's your third. Um, I'd say that just because of pure enjoyment factor. If we're talking about wrestling, whatever, bullshit, okay, I'd pick wrestling. Evil and Fuck Zach wrestling. as fourth. <laughs> but, or not as fourth, as third. Mm-hmm. But, no, yeah, I'd say basically those three matches are like my top. So, we have a full um, uh, match list in the description, so check that out. Including like other matches that we've both watched. I forgot. I even I didn't even talk about it. I watched the Freedom Show from Jeez, August thirty first, and that shit was fucking great. Like, I'll talk about that real, that real quick. Like, you need to go out of your way to see uh, Sugira and Kasai from August thirty first Freedom Show. That's like one of the best best death matches this year. I think the Big Japan like three way between like Abby, Sakuda, and Ishikawa was better than that, but. That's, like, it. <laughs> like, everything. Like, this was definitely, like, the number two death match this year. 
I forgot to even mention that. <laughs> but uh, I think that's it for us this week. Uh, next week, as I said, we'll be discussing the rest of uh, G1, N1, and champ- in the final night of Champions Carnival. And maybe some more. Depends on how much how burnout we get in wrestling, I guess. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, really, I didn't burn out. It just depends on how much time we have since some nights are going to have, like, multiple nights of shows. So we'll see how much extra wrestling we watch. Yeah, I was going to say just like a, with, I thought I was going to watch a Sayori's match, but um, that didn't happen. Yeah, I kind of promised uh, Welka that he I would watch um, Sayori and Ozaki, but we just did not have the time, so I'm sorry, bro. But we'll we'll try and make some time next week to watch it and talk about it and then i might try and watch some stardom try and catch up on five star at least but it really depends on all on time because there's so much shows so many shows happening this week you know at least like two two and a half hours each so yeah so it's 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 fitting it in you know but uh either way excited to talk about all these tournament matches next week so Check out which ones you care about. I know not everyone's so weirdo like us that's going to watch everything, but uh, <laughs> check out whatever tournament you decide to watch this yeah. week and come back and uh, hear our thoughts for it about it. But that's it. If you want to follow the pod, you can do so at One Wrestling Pod. If you want to follow Caitlin, you can at Ticking Time Boss. You can follow me at ASPIR underscore and follow our friends at Progate. But that's it for us this week. Uh, Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next time. See you, everybody.